Greetings from the Seventh Circle. <laughs> I don't want to do this too enthusiastically uh, for the record, and this is the worst mistake I've made ever. Not just within this podcast, but I, I've, I've had problems with HMRC opening up a company like an idiot and forgetting to t- untick the box about not being an employer and all that shit. And I've had to pay a lot of money. I would rather go through all that shit again than watch these. I'm no hyperbole on any of this. This was a mistake. End of. Um, for those coming in new, welcome. And I'm sorry that you have to be shown this shit or even tangentially understand any of this. Uh, Seven Circle of Film. I'm Kieran. Here, co-host Ty. Hello. Co-host. Uh, how long that'll last. I'll push you through this. We go through... Uh, entire series of horror films from the first cinematic masterpiece all the way to the 10th dog shit bottom of the barrel straight to video release and occasionally and i don't know why but we do a uh, kind of retrospective on a genre not not like horror not like action but tiny little um subgenres that have flourished in some way and released utter garbage. And this is by far and away my least favourite of all the stuff I've watched, of all the Chris Siever films I've watched, of all the torture porn films I've watched. This is worse. This is far, far worse. So, yeah, like an arch nemesis. Fucking, we're going to start with Chris Siever. Swear to God, if, if we do, if I ever find out I accidentally he's come up on another list of films, I'm going <laughs> to... Flip on one. The next time we do like uh, one of my recommended, I'm gonna recommend another one of his films, <laughs> but not tell you. Oh, I'm gonna cry. So yeah, uh, before we actually probably jump in, I suppose just give a quick background. So we're going over the Twilight knockoffs, of which there are hundreds. Mm. You would not believe how many of these fucking things there are. I think originally we saw after doing Bloodfart Lake, Chris Eaver had done a film called Taint Light. Um, which looked terrible and is terrible, somehow isn't the worst, isn't even close to the worst that we actually touched on this time, but it's garbage and hard to sit through. Yeah, these things have, basically, the, yeah, the crux of these, you have a girl who is so supernaturally boring that she gravitationally attracts mythical beings within her vicinity. That's the genre. It's always a brunette, every fucking time. It's the most bland, boring fucking brunette with the same open mouth, window-licking face. And for some reason, she gets about 50 guys throwing themselves at her. It's the worst self-insert shit I've had the mispleasure of going through. Well, to be fair, with every other fucking harem anime there is, it's the most boring bloke in the world. Female equivalent of that, isn't it? I will give this shit one uh, markup at the very least. It's not like some <laughs> anime shit of, oh, it's a, it's a 2,000 year old girl in a 12 year old girl's body, so it's perfectly fine to date her. Yeah, at least, the, at least the ancient beings look legal. Too legal in some that. cases. They're about like 25, 30, and going to school still for some fucking reason. <laughs> and that's not to say it's not still creepy. That some six thousand year old angel has decided to date a seventeen year old girl. That's wrong, and I shouldn't have to explain why that's wrong. 
Or in, in which case, fucking Edward Cullen, a 104-year-old vampire going out with a 17-year-old girl. You know, I'm 22 now, I'm about to hit 23. I don't want to date a 17-year-old now. That yeah. The whole concept yeah. of that would fucking torture us. I'm I'm 27, and the idea of dating someone who is 10 years younger than me feels really weird. I'll be like, like a 20-year-old. I, I think I'd have to think on that. Is I've just completely grown past that fucking partying, annoying teenage girl phase. And so to think that someone who's a hundred and fucking four would go, you know what I want to spend my nights doing? Spend it with a fucking teenage girl. That seems fun. That seems enjoyable. <laughs> Beyond that, not only do I want to spend my time with a 17-year-old girl, fucking torturous, I want to go back to high school and spend eternity yeah, going yeah. through this shit. Wouldn't someone notice they don't look older? That's not even my question. My question is, why do they want to do that? Why would anyone well, want to do that? Well, the point is to blend in. You know, the high, the skies thing. So, you know, no one's asking why a dad has moved in and all of his kids, who are at school age, or at least look like it, aren't in school. Yeah, but surely, like, there are people who look young. You could get some identification that says, yeah, I'm 20-fucking-two. No, don't get me wrong. I'm not defending it. I'm merely stating that's the reason. This is the last thing. I'd, I'd rather move to, like, fucking Alaska in the middle of nowhere than go back to fucking school. This is insanely awful. It's also just oh, fucking homeschool them. It's America. <laughs> that's a thing. That happens a lot. Uh, it's worse in Fordham, um, to be fair. That I really don't get. Where the fucking angels are... After reading, not reading the books, Jesus Christ, not reading those four pieces of shit, but reading the uh, summaries, um, the main angel from that, the lad, is older than the teacher, and for some reason, half the angels let this fucking teacher boss them around. Why? Just tell us to go shove it. You're ancient, you're like 8,000 years old, she says, get out of my classroom. Fuck off. Because they're the fallen one, they have no authority. It's like when you have a, um, it's like when you have like a, a twenty-year-old team team leader, and you're still a CA. <laughs> uh, geez, but yeah. Like anyway, I'm um, pushing on to the Chris Seaver stuff, and I, I'm actually confident in saying this for once that this isn't going to be long, because I, <laughs> I mean, if it surpasses like the three-hour mark, I'll be, I'll have drunk myself to death by then. So. One of the two, so we're going to end in a bang or slowly veer off at about the one hour 30 mark. This was, yeah, miserable. I'm going to relive that for all of you. Tank Light, also, like in retrospect, you can basically call this that. I know what that is, Phil. God, I hate these things. I really do hate these things. Uh, cast and crew, very quickly. And Tank Light, yeah, it is Tank Light blended in, because that's funny. If, if you laugh at that, by the way, you'll fucking love this film. If you found that funny, the title Tank Light, you're the perfect market demographic for this. <laughs> and also tell you Kara, she's doing a very good job of you. Uh, so yeah, cast and crew, Chris Seaver, otherwise known as fucking Satan reincarnated into the body of a 14-year-old boy with the humour to match, who's done Bloodfart Lake, the Dingleberries, H8. I hate this man. I hate this man so much. Uh, Cast-wise... Absolutely no extras, actually, just to kick it off with. 
which I'm very happy about. It means that no one was willing to go anywhere near this except his brain-dead friend group. And half of them are um, taken from Bloodfart Lake, so I can only assume he doesn't have anyone else outside that circle that he's willing to drag in, which is good for all of humanity, really. Meredith Host playing Stella, who's been in basically a load of Chris Siever stuff, Filthy McNasty 4, McNastia, Bloodfart Lake, all that crap. We got Kurtz in Dover, who's playing Edgar, our vampire, who, again, more Chris Siever shit, Heather and Pugly Cockblock the Apocalypse, Mutants and Nazis and Zombies, and a load of other shit. And that's basically what you get with the cast here. If you've seen a Chris Seaver film, you're going to recognise about 30% of these faces. It's like a fucking high school reunion with these guys. And this is available for free, by the way, on Chris Seaver's website, if anyone does want to go watch it. It's about an hour long. Uh, and, uh, yeah, t- terrible. So budget box office-wise, I have no idea. It's straight-to-DVD release, fucking surprising no one. And trivia, none. Thank fuck. <laughs> so before we actually yeah go into the scene-by-scene, scene, of which I don't have much, just to push out there, this is going to be fairly quick, because it's the same stuff over and over again. It's penis, funny, vagina, funny. Next scene. With a kind of twilight overcoat. Like Chris Seaver films are, yeah, 14-year-old's humour embodied in film form with little paintings, themes, just placed very um, very loosely over the top. That's Every project's the fucking same. Of these films, though, right? So, and you saw Vampires Suck, I saw uh, Last Vampire on Earth, and we both saw Fallen and Taint Light. Uh, how would you rank them? Just on the um, off. This might be a bit surprising for you, but I would rank uh, Taint Light at the top of the three. Um, because I actually laughed at at least one joke. Um, and I enjoyed one of the actors, I must admit. I'm taking a guess here. Uh, was it one of the villain vampires? It was the main villain, yes. Yeah. Who I thought should be in a better film. <laughs> but give him some proper material, and I reckon he could ham it up really well. I didn't recognise him for any of the Seaver projects, so I should actually look him up. I'll put in a thing here, I'll look him up after, see if he's done anything else, and see if he's any good in it. Um, oh, I completely forgot as well, actually. Uh, I'm going to be shoving Steph in. Partially, he's watched all the Twilight stuff. He's doing reviews, part in by that, that I asked him to do, about 20 <laughs> minutes. That I don't know how I'm going to cut it up yet, but I'm going to cut it up ready and start shoving it in. So, I mean, yeah, taint light at the top. So between Fallen and Vampires Suck, uh, fallen because whilst it it is boring and there are a few minute moments that did piss me off but you know I didn't have to pause it to like leave you know what I mean <laughs> all yeah. the way through <laughs> and I just went well that was a bit trash but oh well and left it there. Vampires suck. Well, I'll go into more detail as to why later on. And yeah, why it's at the bottom. But yeah, don't. Yeah. I would say watch. They're at least, the other two are at least, you know, if you like that kind of thing, give it a watch. You know, it 
I'll allow it to exist. I would destroy everything involved with Vampires Suck. Full on George Lucas sledgehammer. I think the only person I would recommend Vampires Suck to is if, I don't know, if Leslie Nielsen and Gene Wilder had fucked your wife for decades and you wanted somehow in some weird sidestep way to enact revenge on them and push the parody genre further into crap. That's the only person. I would just shoot, like, they're not, it's not worth that. Because that lasts an hour and a half. It was. At least Tame Light was an hour. At least it was short. Uh, Last Vampire on Earth, by the way, is the worst made of the three. Um, How? How? I'm talking on a a film level. (laughs) It's worse than Tame Light, Last Vampire on Earth. Far worse in almost every way. But it was probably the most enjoyable of all of them. Last Vampire on Earth is basically if... The Room and Twilight had a kid and a drank just through the entire... It took meth through the fucking pregnancy to ruin this kid and occasionally just bounced on the stomach like a fucking... What are they called? The little bouncy balls that you get for kids. Bouncy hoppers? Space hoppers. Space hoppers. They bounce on the fucking pregnant belly like that. That's, that's what fucking Last Vampire on Earth is. It's fascinating and far more enjoyable than any of this shit. That's on YouTube as you- well. I so actually, what yeah. you're telling me? What I'm is telling you is the one I the uh, one liked. You gave me. <laughs> yeah, very much. <laughs> if you're really into so bad the good films, I'd actually recommend that one. Um, oh, but yeah. Anyway, so Tank Light, gone for everything. Scene by scene, so every scene in this film's the same. It's just people making sex jokes or making vague references to Twilight in some way. And when I say a reference, I basically mean they just say what happened in Twilight and don't do anything with it. A large amount of music references as well. Yeah, I know that like, someone singing um, Ace of Bass, Star, I Saw the Sign. A couple of things here and there. Again, no real jokes regarding it, but just a lot of just, oh, you sound like you watch this or listen to this music, and then that's it. That's the that's the joke. That's the level we're working with here. You know what? There's no vaudeville, so for once, I'll just I'll just take it, take it and enjoy it. The actual um first scene, and my god, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I miss the opening scene from uh, Blood Fat Lake. That that could have almost been funny. This is uh, dreadful. This is just a guy taking a shit, and shit's funny, right? Poop's funny. I will admit something here. It's not funny. No, 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 no. It's not funny, right? But the bit where he gets interrupted, he gets chased by the monster, by the vampire, and then as soon as he thinks that he's safe, immediately back to shooting. That got a wry smile from me. Nah. No, I don't think I just see Chris Siever's face and all humour's just been taken. Everything's gone. Everything's done. I just hate this man. So I think I think it is Chris Siever as well because he's the same fucker who played um oh the the really annoying prick in Bloodfart Lake. Oh yeah, yeah, it's the same guy. Luckily enough he's not Oh no, fuck he plays the dad as well. Hmm. Basically, yeah, as I said, they can't afford to get... Not afford, sorry. Um, no one else is willing to place their dignity at such a low level that they'll actually jump onto this project, so they have to recast everyone, like, five fucking times. 
how he got anyone to touch on this beyond himself. I mean, if, if this was some fucking weirdo just writing shit on Wattpad, <laughs> just in, in the middle of the night writing fucking weird Twilight boner fan fiction, or I don't, I wouldn't have a massive problem with it. I, I'm sure there are fucking millions of them. I just find it incredible that this guy somehow, by some fucking miracle, and I'm honestly impressed, genuinely, I've deep down, I'm impressed that he managed this shit. He's got to be the best networker fucking ever that he managed to get an actual actor in this one who was okay and a cast willing to come back and do this shit time and time again. I mean, he can't be paying them much because this shit doesn't make anything. No. I know the budget's fuck all, but there's no way I refuse to believe this as an audience that they're willing to come back and buy more of this shit every time. It's like what I said for Bloodfart Lake is that it is a like perfectly encapsulates that era of online humor like there's a lot of there's a liberal use of the word faggot there is a lot of dick jokes a lot of shit jokes a lot of gay jokes and it is not funny but unfortunately for like a span of about five years i would say like early 20 early um like oh no, late two thousands, early twenty tens. Just for some reason, every fucking stupid comedy bit was that. I mean, I even made it in my notes. It reminds me of a Smosh sketch. <laughs> that oh, that's perfect. They did um, when like Twilight's were a thing, and basically it's just a period joke. And it's the same joke that they make in this. That that's what the vampire smells because the main girl is on her period. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I don't know which one inspired what. <laughs> you know what? I, I am actually I'm gonna give Chris Siever the benefit of the doubt here. And have a bit of faith in him. I'm either willing to say that either they came up the same dog shit premise separately, which is, I think, perfectly understandable, perfectly believable. It is Route 1, isn't it? I think Smosh would be stealing from Siva, not the other way around. I put money on that. I've got Siva is a very special person. And I mean <laughs> special in a fucking internet humour from 2010 kind of way. I honestly don't think anyone else could make these films in the exact way Siva does. So I'll give him credit on that. I don't think he stole any of these jokes. Not that that's a good thing. Maybe he should steal more. I don't, I don't usually recommend it, but plagiarise away, mate. Steal anything. Just just nick anything that's not from your own fucking head for once. Yeah, at his, tits. At his tests at school, he was actively encouraged to <laughs> plagiarise. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, yeah, we, the three main characters in this, we've got uh, Stella Ennui. I don't know what. That that literally may just be a joke about it having the we in the title. Oh, fuck, I did, you are right. I do want to interview this man and see what the oh, fuck's wrong yeah. with him. But... <laughs> I really do. I want to talk to this man and just, like, do you still find, like, anyway... But on we, on we, 
I don't want to give him too much credit, but I think ennui means sad. French. Ennui, yeah, I mean, I can't kind of remember. I know it's gone into the English language as well. Ennui for something. I can never fucking remember. Yeah, there's some um, joke there somewhere. Um, talks about, obviously, in Twilight, you've got uh, Bella moving in with her dad. I can't remember what happened to the mother. I've only seen the first and last Twilight films. Both awful. Still I, rather watch them than this. <laughs> from what I remember, I literally, in the films, I literally think she's just... Like, she's not dead, but she just sent Belle to the, blo- the, to the, to the father. Okay, fair enough. Like, I don't think... It's literally just because leave, go to be with your dad or something like that. Well, unless it's... Uh came down with a severe case of committing suicide disease. That made me laugh as well. <laughs> I, I will admit, I'm going to give credit where it's due. I wasn't expecting that, and I it, it, that joke made me laugh. He came down with a serious case of suicide. That that was funny. See, that's what I mean. Though. That's something I couldn't get from anywhere else. That is a Seaver fucking note there. No one else is going to come up with this garbled fucking mess of a name. It's just a stem to a joke. Yeah, no no one else could do that. I don't know why I'm getting more respect. Not respect. Respect is the wrong word. Pity. I think pity is more than anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going from angry to pitiful. I, I think this is... Because we're coming up to a bit and a character that's also played by the fucking director that literally sucks all comedy out of the room. But when I went into this film, I wasn't expecting anything. And I think that might be why I found it better than the other two. Simply because my expectations were so low that anything that's even slightly funny, I think is, you know, top tier. You know what I just said, you know what Chris Seaver actually feels like to me? He feels like an Andy Kaufman character that's just gone too far. I wouldn't be surprised if like he took his fucking mask off and you had Sasha Baron Cohen coming out. After all, this is just something that he went way, way too deep fucking into. <laughs> Been undercover for 30 years. I don't know who I am anymore. Trying to think if that actually was the case, if Chris Seaver at the end of all this turned out to be some big name comedian, just said, Yeah, it was all parody. Would that make it fun? In retrospect, actually, yeah. Yes. The commitment for it, yeah. I feel like if someone committed to this, that shit for like 20 years, I would question their sanity, but I would have respect for them. That's what I said. It'd have to be like fucking Kaufman. Only American manager ship. Yeah, um, sucking all comedy out of the room. Chris Seaver in a role that's probably worse than uh, anything in Blood Fat Lake, honestly. Yeah. Minus the vaudeville bitch. The, the dad's a pervert, and that's the joke. And a rapist. Well, at the very least. Sexual Sex. deviant. Implied rapist. Um... Gives Stella his poor magazines. Says she hasn't got tits yet. That's the point I want to make. Right? Because this exact same joke is in Vampire Suck as well. 
This precedes Vampire's Suck. No, that's what I mean. In the film you watched, <laughs> was there any like? Oh no, no. The film, the film I watched was not a comedy. <laughs> yeah, the film I watched was something different. I'm going to that when I get into it. You, you're not ready to hear this because, shit. Because I was thinking, hold on. Why <laughs> is there something like in the original film? Because both. Vampires suck and Taint Light have a joke where the father mentions the main character's tits. I mean, the question is that bottom of the barrel, two fucking monkeys coming to the same conclusion for jokes from Twilight, or is that someone stealing from Seaver again? I don't know. Because I... we mentioned this in Blood Flat Lake with the what are those? <laughs> Fuck, we did. You know what? I find it a lot funnier the idea that all bad comedians. See Chris Seaver as some sort of god of comedy, and he's who they plagiarize from. Fuck me, Seaver starts trends. Seaver ready shit. Oh god. Yeah, for some reason, but yeah, this the father is a horrible individual, and the joke is just that. Yeah, he's a pervert. That's all that. That's all that is. Pervert, but it goes on for like ten minutes. That's a problem. This film is an hour long and it feels fucking hours. By the time you've got about half an hour in, thirty fucking hours have gone by. It aged me fucking prematurely. Ironic, I suppose. The film about fucking vampires aging me prematurely. <laughs> that said, I think this film went by faster than Fallen for me. Oh yeah, Fallen already was back. In fact, I wasn't the target demographic for that. Actually, that's no, a point. I don't think we are. <laughs> that might be the thing. I, I suppose I'm closer to the target demo for fucking Taint Light. <laughs> that might be why I could stand this a touch more. Um, we get Jack as well, who's the, the equivalent of the, the werewolf, basically, of um, Taylor Lautner's character, and he's just bland. Which Yeah, and, and also annoying. pervert. Oh, everyone's a pervert. Literally, there's no character in this that isn't. Main yeah, character's he, a pervert. The weird thing is, he goes from just being normal, which I was like, oh, thank fuck, a breath of fresh air. Right? I was fine with Bland, honestly. I was fine with him just being the one normal character, because that can be funny, right? Again, giving too much credit, um, he immediately, every chance he gets, talks about how he fingered the main character, and that's his character. And that's another thing you need. Chris Seaver, I don't think, can write. I don't think he's got the ability to write it, because he's never been in that position where he's the straight man. I don't think he understands the concept. A fucking straight man. He might be illiterate. I, I could <laughs> fully see him just rambling on on some fucking dictaphone through this, just drunk as shit on the night. Yeah, you, you can't do straight men to save his fucking life. And honestly, a straight man in this might get some chuckles out of me, seeing some poor fuck have to respond to all of this normally. That would make a decent addition. It's a fucking staple of comedy. How has he never done that? I suppose, thinking about it, there's never a straight man in fucking 2008 comedy either. They're all mm. off the fucking heads. 
I suppose the main character she's meant to be a straight, the straight man, as it were. She doesn't. Uh, doesn't fit it. She doesn't react to anything, or any of it. No, I think that, that half of that was meant to be. Was that meant to be part of the joke that she's just dead inside? Just mirroring Bella, which I mean, uh, isn't fucking uh, funny to watch. Isn't fun to watch. That actually comes on to be fair. Um, beyond all the perverted stuff, which is laborious to get through, something I person I've got a nitpick against. I've got a fucking crusade against, and I find worse. And this is the reason we haven't done fucking Scream yet, and I won't touch Scream for a while. <laughs> because I fucking hate this. <laughs> Not Scream one through four, but Scream five. I despised. Um, this referential humor. I think it's a real problem with modern writing in films, and this might be another thing Chris Seaver fucking influenced later <laughs> on in life. People just don't quite fucking understand that pointing out tropes is stupid and then continuing to do those tropes is not a smart fucking thing to do. And then do the trope for longer than the original film does. That's what like... half of fucking modern films do. And to, to be fair, this is a like a proto version of that. This is a real uh, scene setter. <laughs> I hated it more in Screen Five, actually. I really do hate that film. They've got shit in there, which they start talking about requels. And well, if it's a sequel, then he's got to kill him. Then he's got to kill him. Then he's going to kill him, and you'll be the killer. And they're right. You kind of think, okay. Yeah. But they well, don't. To be fair, that's what the first Scream was. There's a fucking scene in it when they're talking about the film. I mean, I get that. For and one, it was a trendsetter. It's the first one. For two, um, it was written by Wes Craven, so it's actually fucking good. And for three, if they'd have taken all that shit out, it'd still be good. Mm. It'd still have a point for being... No, yeah. I just have a nasty habit of defending things that don't necessarily warrant it. And that, that had Matthew fucking Lillard in it. I'm never going to... Uh... Have a go there, David Arquette, Matthew Lillard. No, David Arquette owns Bozo the Clown now. Just something hey. I saw being pushed around. Um, you remember Bozo the Clown, the TV show from like the fucking eighties? Yeah. Yeah, David Arquette owns it. Paid like five hundred grand. All right. <laughs> Fuck it, it seems to type. Yeah. Wish him all the fucking best with it. Yeah, I, I can't stand that referential shit. It's not humor. It's not funny. I don't know what it's. I know it's meant to be funny. You're meant to kind of chuckle and go, yeah, that is kind of stupid. But pointing out this shit is not clever. You need to do it in an interesting way, which I think Scream did, or at least it was the first one to try something like that, in a in a sense. Obviously, there are other films that have managed it before Scream. Um, mm. and you had uh, Cabin in the Woods that had a really nice twist on it all. I think the difference is, both of those, um, Scream and House on Hill, it was more meta rather than it it was more like, oh, we know we're we know we're in a horror film, so let's play around with the concept of a horror film, you know, let's let's have a bit more fun with it. Whereas referential humor is going nudge nudge, wink wink, hey, do you remember this? And then that's the joke. You know, like that's it. Oh hundred percent. One the original stuff, Screams, Cabin in the Woods, all that stuff, House on Haunted Hill, actually, uh, they do something with the trope. Yeah. They they take the trope, they show it, this is a trope, and then we're going to twist it up. 
we're going to mess with it. We're going to actually have some fun with it and ring it out. And these films, they just acknowledge it exists and then do it anyway. They don't do anything with it. They just say, okay, this is what we're going to do and then fucking go on with it. It's just tiring. Hey, oh, I hate it when films do this and then they do it. Oh yeah, it's like the encapsulation of that whole um, I'd never do that. No, no, I'd never do that. Then immediately cut into them fucking doing it. But with them saying, yeah, I do that, I do that all the time, yes, I'm going to do that, and then cutting to them doing it, like, yeah, no shit. And yeah, it's just prevalent through all of this. Other characters introduced, uh, Jeppy Nipplewax. (laughs) I'm too tired. That was their name? Jesse Nipplewax, yeah. Fuck's sake, I forgot about that. You've got her in the... uh... So the gay best friend trope, basically. Ragbone. Yeah, camp. Definitely annoying and can't act for shit. I don't know why I say that. That you can just take that, copy paste that over pretty much every actor except the one poor fucker who got dragged into this. Who I hope is <laughs> doing all right for himself now. Well, to be fair, he emotes a little bit more. You know, he he at least tries. It's definitely better than um, Edgar Mullins. The vampire stand-in? Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to defend him here as well. <laughs> I, I don't think it's his fault. I think it is on Siva, this. Most of his stuff. But yeah, go right ahead. Defend the undefensible. Because, basically, I quite like him. <laughs> because he's the he's quite obviously quite young, right? Whereas most of the other ones are like, it look like they're in their thirties. <laughs> He's the other one who looks quite young, and he goes from the kind of mopey, over the top, um, kid basically that kind of trope which all of these have, and then just randomly. He would go into this quite sweet boy and just say, I'm sorry about that, is that okay? And then go back to the mopey thing. And I felt that was quite well acted. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, still shit, but him and like two other people are in a little list I made called um, Four People Who Deserve Better. You know, they might not be good, but I reckon they've got more of a chance. (laughs) So that question, are all those actors in Taint White or are a couple of them from Vampire's Suck? Is there anyone uh, from that no. film? <laughs> no. None of them are in Vampire's Suck. Yeah, that seems very right. Yeah, I'll, I'll give credit for the casting at the very least. He does look like a, a B-list version of Edward Cullen. He's got the hairstyle as well. He actually probably looks closer. I've seen Vampire's Suck, the posters occasionally. He actually probably looks closer to um, shit. What's his name? Oh, God. Edward Cullen? Uh, I'm trying to think of the actor, Robert Patterson. And he definitely looks closer than the guy they cast in fucking Last Vampire on Earth, who, to quote Red Letter Media here, looks like Shrek. (laughs) Yeah, they got the fucking worst of both worlds there. He can't fucking act and looks like shit. Yeah, that that really is something you have to see. But yeah, at, at least he's close on in this, and he's trying. I'll give them that. I didn't appreciate the close-ups. They were really ugly. 
just because oh, I'm yeah. not saying anything about the actor here. I just I don't want to see someone's face that fucking close up. You could get Scarlett Johansson. You could start going in and out on hers. It would look disgusting. No, yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> okay, so to give credit again, where's due? Um, against everything I said there, at the very least, Chris Seaver is innovating in ways to be shit. <laughs> Like, I mean, he didn't have any good beyond the black and white stuff from Bloodfart Lake. There was nothing interesting about the cinematography. It was all just shot, reverse shot, establishing shot, done. Every single time that that was all he fucking managed. At least this time, he, he did try for a kind of close-up shit, even if it failed miserably. Actually, that's a lie. Bloodfart Lake. The only thing I've really found funny was when he was doing that. Um, oh, the side shot against the car, and the background never changed. Yeah. I think that was the only time I found it really funny. That's a classic of comedy. At least he's trying something slightly different. I think I think I might let a lot more slide with this film because I it's very much an underdog because you have this man I feel like he has some sort of some form of uh special needs some form of brain injury maybe in his past um and no talent and he just wants to make films and that's just something i can get behind really yeah it's like if the special kid comes into cricket and wants to play you don't throw a yorker at him no no you don't aim at his head and you know it's my expectations were so low as i said earlier that I can't be too mad at it. It's terrible, but god damn it, they're trying. And I will say this, ab- above the other two films that we're going to talk about, I don't think, I think everyone's kind of having a good time. Same with Bloodfart Lake. No, I think you're right. I think everyone is enjoying themselves, and outside of the other two films as well, um, on my side, and I imagine your side, I think Chris Seaver genuinely has a passion for this. Yeah. As much as it's shit, we can't overemphasize how much these films... Because I am going to mention Bluff Out Lake as well, because it was the last episode, but... They are shit, but he has passion, and that I, I can't shit on too much. Uh, yeah, there is there is something kind of slightly beautiful about that. In a very, again, pitiful way. <laughs> not respect. <laughs> it's not, it is watching like the, uh, sometimes I take my uncle out bowling and he's, he's got learned disabilities. It's like watching him get the uh, metal frame out, push the bowling ball down on the barriers. It smacks on the barriers about a hundred fucking times, ping pongs around, bounces on the barriers and gets like, one fucking pin down. And you congratulate them on getting that pin. It's like that. A little bit of you thinks, well, they started off from nothing and at least, you know, they're trying to do something. They're enjoying themselves. They've they've created something, even if it's shit, compared to the standard we should have. Little, little Johnny's tried. That's something. And at least it's free as well. It is free, yeah. I that. that I can respect as well. That's more because no one would pay for it, but... 
Yeah, well, well, some of these films I would say the same, but yet they still charge for them. It is on Amazon, actually. I think this as well. Not, uh, not that I know why anyone would do that because it's free I'd on his be, website. I would be more willing to pay for Taint than the other two. You know what? If I didn't have to consume it, yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I would far more happily give money to Chris Seaver to let him continue on. It, it, it has a soul. That soul is rancid, but it has a soul. <laughs> and I think it's because of Vampire Suck is the reason why I'm giving Chris Eva more credit. But... No, that's fair. And he, he is, filmmaking-wise, I can't believe I'm saying this, he's not the worst of this group. <laughs> Genuinely, Last Vampire on Earth is the worst made film <laughs> I think I might have ever seen. Um, right. Oh, you know, I praise him all along, and then we get to fucking Jock, the blind cinematographer, who, the best thing I can say, at least he isn't into vaudeville. I I don't know why this character existed, or exists. He's in it for like five minutes. Really awkward scene. I, I would not be surprised if um, Siva saw that the film was 55 minutes and said, what can I do to pad out another five? Have another weird, perverted, uncle-like character. Well, God help me. Rather than thinking that, he said, I've got 55 minutes. Oh my God, I've got five minutes. What amazing, funny stuff can I put in there? <laughs> He's actually excited. Yeah, this seems pointless. He's a pervert. It's really annoying. Moving on. Doesn't come back, by the way. Ever. <laughs> and so we get to the, the proper villains, who are, yeah, probably the most tolerable parts of the whole thing. Uh... It's actually quite fitting. They call the other ones, what is it, fag, fagpires? Yeah. Something like that? I, I don't know. Oh, yeah, and the, um, the just going back slightly, when introduced to the, 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 the Cullens, whoever they're called in this film. Who are annoying. The brother and sister uh, are fucking, because... Whatever, that's the joke. Oh, God. Chris Seaver is the type of person to like walk through the bathroom in Alabama and just laugh his fucking head off. I, I can only imagine, he, he must like go into a fucking bathroom in a restaurant and just start cackling like a madman. Like, fucking <laughs> hilarious. The, the Cullens don't really do anything anyway. Actually, no one does anything. What the fuck am I saying? No one does anything in this film. But the Collins especially don't do shit. Uh, and then, yeah, the, the villains of the film. I say villains. They bring the film to a close, so I'm not going to complain. Uh, they kind of have a what, Chris Angel vibe, that magician. Less less yeah. annoying, actually, than yeah, Angel. This, uh, this comes to my, the, the last uh, person on my list of people who deserve better uh, is the main villain, the leader who I genuinely quite enjoyed his performance. Incredibly hammy. Um, but I reckon given good material, he could do some something good. I want to look into what this man's career is. Well, see I've, if he actually got anything. Yeah, I feel like it's hammy because he wanted to, and because yeah. he could. Not hammy because he had nothing else to lean on. If that If that sounds right. Yeah, he actually tried to do that, to accomplish that, and he accomplished what he wanted to do. 
which is more than can be said for pretty much anyone else. The uh, the ginger girl was that the vaudeville girl? I yeah, thought, yeah, it was. She she's less annoying actually, far less annoying. She's not in the film as much. <laughs> she's in like three scenes, and one of them no, she's in four scenes, and two of them are her getting her ass kicked. I think that might be why. Might be part of it. I might just fund the next fucking Siva film just so I can kick the shit out of some of these actors. <laughs> what does it cost to make one of these? Like, fucking five quid? <laughs> yeah, they discuss a little war between the vampires. We set up our antagonists who, yeah, are fine. I actually don't have a problem with and compared to everything else, they're, they're doing a fucking phenomenal job. Absolutely incredible. The main guy leading the pack, he is just great compared to everything else. When I say compared to everything else, to be fair, I mean compared to literally everything else we're going to do tonight. All oh, films. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. A solid 7 out of 10. Not <laughs> It isn't great. Don't get me wrong. No, it's not Orson fucking Wells, but neither is he completely intolerable. He, he yeah. is a better actor than I am. I don't know if I could say the same about anyone else. <laughs> but yeah, the villain the villains are comprised of three. The uh, you, you see a scene where a girl gets turned by the two other vampires. She's a kind of ditzy... She's basically the vaudeville girl from Bloodfart Lake, but honed down a little bit. Um, so she's fairly harmless. The there's this fucking gravedigger-looking motherfucker. <laughs> that hair's who... fucking weird and awkward as shit. Poor yeah, guy. but... Weirdly enough, in the more realistic sense, I could see this guy existing. You know what I mean? I mean, it's less fake than half the mustaches, so I'll give him that. I've, un- I've undoubtedly seen this man in real life. <laughs> Constantly going on about shadows and the master's darkness will encapture you. That kind of a lot of that. And then the main villain who <laughs> is obviously slightly impaired by the size of the vampire teeth. <laughs> you notice that the way he talks? Yeah, I I think it's a Bit of a jealousy joke because they mentioned that the uh, the other vampires don't have them, and I think that's that's part of the reason they want to kill them, which is almost clever to have a, a kind of feeling of inadequacy despite having something that the others don't. Maybe I'm reading into it too much. Maybe I'm giving too much credit to Siva. Yeah, but it was just quite funny. Uh, that oh. guy, he, well, not funny, but he did a decent job. All the way through, and a hundred percent, that guy should have been the straight man to push for it. He should have been the one that just didn't take any of this shit in. You can still ham it up, but he should have been the one going, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. Are oh, you like reading this Oscar Wilde shit? So I've no wise. I've not done much for the next thirty minutes because I think I gave up. Well, <laughs> I've just only... put romance in suits. Basically, a very one-sided, a very odd romance. A lot of times where random people start appearing in her room. 
Uh, her dad wanks off in a cupboard. That's a scene. Um, yeah, that's a scene. Yeah, this this is starting to sound less like summary of a film and more like the summary of a uh, fucking court sonographer going over the ins and outs of some demented pervert. Um, but I believe the next scene of note um, is the basically the villains say oh they're interested in a new girl go and kill her kidnap her whatever Um, this is all in broad daylight as well I would just like to add this all of the vampires at one point or another are in broad daylight (laughs) Yeah, it's the same with Last Vampire. They're not even fucking sparkling Last Vampire. They didn't even bother trying that. To be fair, Last Vampire and this, to some extent, I'm not sure they are vampires. I'm not sure it's just they're cosplayers and she's an idiot. The main girl. <laughs> and they, they don't do anything beyond a couple scenes here and there, like where she's tossed about tree by tree, who says, oh, let me prove I'm a vampire, and starts throwing her around, pushing her against shit. I don't know if she's just simple. And he's going along with it, especially in the last fucking vampire. That, geez, I think it is just a human. I think the only power he has in that, and the only time he uses his powers, is to play ping pong against himself. And he gets captured by about five Jehovah's Witnesses. They said the film's fucking weird. Yeah, and this, I don't they do much of anything. Except at the end, like where a vampire's impaled by a discus. Yeah, there's a brawl at the end. But, anyway... The point I was getting to, when they try and attempt to kidnap the main character, uh, the werewolf guy appears. Um, now, I genuinely thought, because the makeup is really bad in this, I genuinely thought he was in blackface. <laughs> because he's also dressed up as Michael Jackson. He's, but... not, he's not been racist yet. <laughs> No, no, there's, but then I got a better view of the makeup. It's like, oh no, thank fuck. <laughs> He's got fur and like teeth and all that. But just when he first appears at the top of a staircase, genuinely I was thinking, oh good God, no, they're not going with it. <laughs> Please. Yeah, to be fair, in a point of genuine credit to Chris Siever, um, against that 2008-2009 humour. He isn't racist. I'm, I'm happy to say that. He isn't racist. I don't think he's sexist. I think he, he hates everyone equally. I don't think he's got anything against anyone. He is a harmless, innocent little individual, to be fair to him. Oh, yeah, the, the werewolf makeup was atrocious. I vaguely remember what Vampire's Suck had. I think it was like Chihuahuas or some shit. Mm. Off the top of my head, um, we'll get on to that. This takes effort, at least, to do. You know, you have to have someone put the makeup on, find the glove. Yeah, but it's it's not going to be like an hour in makeup. This shit, I could do it about ten minutes <laughs> myself. Like, it's a pair of, like werewolf gloves, painting your face brown, and then sticking a couple of sideburns and teeth in. Concept of design, I don't know. Again, why I thought it was blackface. <laughs> yeah, he kicks the shit out of the two vampires trying to eat Bella. 
pretty much and the other the other scene that I would say is worth noting because I honestly found this joke funny um so in the original film there's a bit where Bella is trying to figure out what the fuck is um Ed what's the fucker's name Edward it's a vampire yeah yeah Edward what his deal is and she almost gets hit by a car right and so Edward saves her by basically just being vampire, pushing the car out of the way. And I was wor- and I was wondering what they're going to do in Taint Light, if they are going to do anything. Uh, what they do in Taint Light is it's not a car, it's a mime pretending to be a car. Yeah. <laughs> I generally thought that was quite funny. <laughs> you know what? No, I'm going to give him credit for that one, yeah. I'm going to push on. That That is surrealist in a good way. There's, there's no, it, no perverted stuff about it. What makes it funny as well, everyone takes it seriously. Bella is terrified. Her friend's going, oh my god, I can't believe that mime almost hit you. He managed to get, what, two, one chuckle and one smile? Yeah. Really? And that's more than what I was expecting. So... And more than the other two. So. so it's the only other thing I'd say. Um, outside of the wealth and stuff, some of the special effects in this are at least better than Bloodfart Lakes. Better than when the uh, fucking brother was reabsorbed into the arsehole. <laughs> like the discus going into the vampire looks alright. It looked like a discus that had been lodged into a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> resounding. Yeah, 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 I can see that. <laughs> yeah, uh, the film, generally, I know what it's, it's trying to accomplish. You know, it's trying to push on. It's trying to be this. Um, you know, it's not trying to make me laugh. At the end of the day, I don't think it's trying to make me laugh. I don't think it's trying to make you laugh. I don't think it's trying to make anyone but Chris see the laugh. Yeah, and I imagine it accomplished that. Hope it fucking accomplished it. If it didn't, that's the saddest shit ever. If it's Chris Seaver crying to himself, wondering why he isn't finding it funny. <laughs> why did I do this? Why did I? Why did I waste two weeks of my life making this? To do it again and again and again—that will be a Shakespearean fucking tragedy. But yeah, at the end of the day, it's trying to make Chris Seaver laugh. It's not going to help work on anyone fucking else in the world ever again. Thank God 2008's over. Early 2000s fucking YouTube comedy is finished. It's dead. And we can all rejoice over that fucking fact. No one liked it. Not in retrospect, not in nostalgia. I suppose you, you'd have been about, what, like 13 during that era? 2008. Yeah. That's why it's quite, like secure in my memory because that's just what the internet was at that time when I was like teenage early teenage years was just that. I think I'm lucky enough that I kind of escaped all of it. I wasn't really big on any uh, YouTube shit until I was like fucking 13, 14 and got sucked into that slightly terrible <laughs> fedora tipping uh, atheist side of YouTube <laughs> which I've actually got I've still got more respect for it now. I've still got more respect for it than the comedy side of YouTube back the way in the day. Uh, yeah. 
Um, uh, listeners might be wondering, they've kind of not going on with the uh, scene by scene anymore. That's because that's literally it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There's a, there's a scene at the... There's two more scenes that I want to point out. Everything else is literally the joke of zooming into their faces when they're looking at each other. And that's it. <laughs> oh, and the brother is retarded. Like, that's, that's the jokes that you can... That's it. Apart from these two scenes. The first scene is when the reveal of him being a vampire um, doesn't he... sparkle in this film. They don't sparkle. Um, when exposed to sunlight, they get incredibly horny and then come bubbles. Yeah, I'm sure I realise that whole uh, making fun of the brother because he's retarded. I've, I've gained a bit more respect for that because at least Chris Seaver's making fun of his own kind for once. <laughs> he's allowed to make those jokes. He's allowed to do that. You know what, I'm going to fucking finish on it because I'm just getting sad now. Um, Taint Light. Again, if you find that title funny, you're going to like the film. You'd be able to sit through it. And it made Chris Seaver laugh, which is all it wanted to do. This accomplished what it was trying to do, which is better than I can say for yeah, all the other I... fucking films. It, And also, to give it a little bit more credit, um, it tried something else, rather than just being, oh, he sparkles. That's gay. No, it's the, 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 the prize twist. He doesn't sparkle. They come bubbles. Sure. And this this hurts me to say, but I think outside of Last Vampire on Earth, this is the one I would watch again if I was forced to watch one of them. Oh, yeah. Like, if, shorter, if, for one. If someone put a gun to my head and said, you have to watch one of these three, I'd be like, okay, we'll watch Taint Light again. I'm not opposed to this. Or take the bullet. <laughs> if it was a choice between the other two, no, the, the, the Angel one is not that bad. No, the Angel one is the most boring shit ever. Is yeah, it, it's Is boring. it well made? Yes. Is it the most fucking tedious thing on earth? Yes. I, I would sooner watch Taint Light 100% easily. No fucking choice between the two. Don't need to hesitate at all. That's our recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if a madman puts a gun against your head and forces you to watch one of these... For some fucking reason, get shot or watch Taint Light. Fuck me, I'm moving on to Fallen for a loser. Okay, so this is gonna be my extended rant about Twilight, I guess. So, the whole bag of shit starts when emo teen girl is like, hey, my mum just got remarried, so I'm gonna be a bitch and move and go live with my dad. But I really hate my dad. Um, because I'm an emo. I hate the town, hate everyone in it, blah, blah, blah. I'm this prep, preppy Arizona, I like the sun bullshit. Moves, fucking instantly gets fucking enamored with this dude that thinks she smells. Spent his entire day covering his nose and just looking at her with pure hatred. The boy ends up fucking... <laughs> I guess Guy, he's fucking like 20 odd in the films. He goes, right, hey, I'm going to be a creep now and stalk this girl. 
So he stalks her for a while. He no- She notices, like, oh, it's sunny out and the Cullens never go- like turn up. So clearly that means they're supernatural. So, yeah, they. she instantly is like, right, these guys are vampires. She goes to a bookstore, almost gets, like, brutally gang-raped. And then he comes up, saves her. I think it's meant to be an in, like uh, uh, intimidating stare in the film, but it looks like he's like got something poking at the ass uh, out of his asshole. So maybe he just needs to shit. Um, they drive off. He threatens to kill all the or threatens to turn the car around and kill them all or whatever. Yeah, all that happens. Then they have a baseball game for vampires and it's like ooh it's all special because they can hit really far and run really fast and who gives a shit that draws in some three random vampires in the territory and they're like mm, these one these this large group of powerful vampires are protecting this one human i'm going to hunt this human because that seems like a smart thing to do um that all happens. Bella gets bitten because that dude's like full on torturing her, and apparently it's like it's not mm, because I can turn people, and it, it if I bite them, it's like a venom, and it's excruciatingly painful. And nah, but if I let it go for three days, then they become a vampire themselves. Meh. Anyway, that that all that bullshit. Then, yeah, she's getting tortured. They turn up just in the nick of time, and her blood is like like cocaine to him. So, like, just smelling it or tasting it would turning it, like, make him go into a frenzy. But he sucks, his, sucks the dude's venom out that bit her, and they're like, ooh, she's dead. And then it's a fake out, and apparently he saved her life because... The frenzy was bullshit, maybe. Um, yep, that was basically the entirety of the first film. Uh, second film is... Oh, it's Bella's birthday. She goes to the Cullen house, which I've just remembered their names. Uh, she goes to the Cullen house, and it's her... Uh, yeah, she, they're all given a presence and shit. She, like a retard, accidentally gives herself a paper cut that apparently bleeds like it's like a stab wound that sets off the newest member of the vampire thing uh, like the the vegan bullshit basically they hunt animals he goes into a frenzy goes to attack her uh she gets pushed she falls into a glass like dining table and she bleeds even worse. She gets like a fucking slash against a like forearm and then all the vampires are like ah. Then obviously Edward, Edward, right? Yes, Edward. He's like, "Eh, I'm I'm always hurting you." Meh. I mean, you're a fucking vampire. What did you expect? Like you threw someone through a fucking table, it's not gonna fucking be like, ah, I'm fine. So he's like, meh, I never loved you anyway, so he disappears, then she goes into like a fucking disassociative, disassociative, she goes into like a fucking catatonic state, I can't, I can't say disassociative, whatever. Anyway, she goes into a catatonic state, and... 
her friend Jacob, who was in the first film, but he, let's face it, he wasn't in the first film. Um, he's like, I can fix you. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm the backup. Anyway, yeah. So that all happens. Then he disappears because he's actually a werewolf. But you find out later in the films he's not actually a werewolf. He's like a shapeshifter, but he only takes the shape of a wolf. So he's a bit shit, really. Then, oh, he's also a paedophile. <clears throat> and people like this. So yeah, he, he disappears because he's like, I'm a werewolf now. I've got to hunt down these fucking dirty vampires and all that shit. So she goes into another disasto- uh, She goes into another fucking coma sort of thing. And then one of the Cullen's sisters, Edward Edward's sister, uh, turns up at the door and she's like, Edward's gonna kill himself because he's heard you're dead. Then so they have to rush to Rome, fucking stop him from kill him, killing himself because he's went to the Valtiuri, which are like the the mafia of the vampire world, I guess. That all happens. They stop him from... His, his suicide plan was literally to walk into the sun in a crowded like festival area and then basically burn him alive because he has glittery skin when he walks into the sunlight apparently, and instead of just burning into flame, whatever. So they stop him from doing that. She hugs him, and she's like, mm, I've always loved you, but this is stupid. You couldn't do that, even if I was dead. Me! Then, humans shouldn't know about vampires, so let's kill this emo cow. That gets stopped by Edward's sister, who is Alice, I think? Yeah, I'm just going to go with that. She goes, I've seen the future and I turn her myself, so she'll be fine. And then the Valtteri are like, ha ha ha, yay. Okay, run along. So that's the end of the second film. Okay, Fallen from 2016. I actually watched um, Fallen, it was in the 1998 film with Denzel Washington. Uh, mm, no, I remember looking for this film because... Um, there's quite a few fucking films called Fallen. <laughs> the 1998 version is actually very good. It's kind of an Angel Heart vibe if you've seen that um, noir detective stuff with a bit of a dynamic twist. I, I really do love that, the, the kind of subgenre where you get cops dealing with demons and shit. It's absolutely mm. lovely. I mean, fucking Exorcist Ray, one of my favourite films ever, pushes on that kind of stuff. And it, it's actually really good and 1998, so I thought I'd watch it just a palate cleanse after re-going through all this shit. <laughs> mm. And watching um, young adult, young adolescent entertainment. Oh boy. Right, cast and crew. Director, a 58-year-old man, Scott Hicks, up your proud yourself, who did shine yeah. the lucky one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's something else. That's another like tick I'll put in the uh oh what's it? director of the Siva Chris Siva Chris Siva that's a tick I'll give to Chris Siva I I bet that he knew what he was doing and he was fine with it these people who make these other films are like these professionals these like people who are like they want to get into directing they want to you know 
create masterpieces they want to do, you know, they want to be the next big director, and they end up with fucking this shit. <laughs> the <sighs> vampires suck. Honest to but... fuck, Shine, I've not seen it, but it's got decent reviews. All around, like, really glowing reviews. And he did it's this. Demoralizing like, <laughs> fucking... Oh. Right, so... Go a bit educational for a moment as well. Um, writers for this uh, book quickly is done by a woman called Lauren Kate. She was about twenty eight ish. Hope you're fucking proud of yourself as well. Did uh, four books, which are bestsellers on the New York Times list and all that. Um, and that's just Twilight knockoffs with angels instead. They're not as bad as Fifty Shades, which we're never touching ever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's, for a Valentine's Day episode. That's not horror. If enough people reckon, if enough people, no, 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 I don't care who the fuck asks. That's never happening. Um, uh, writers, uh, we've got Michael Arian Ross, uh, who was the editor for Jerry Maguire, the uh, Tom Cruise film from way back, very good film, and Rog Turn from two thousand three, which is a hillbill massacre thing, also pretty decent. Uh, he wrote The Throwaways, which looks like shit. Um, and Nicole Mallard, Millard, sorry, who wrote Guilt and the Game Plan. Uh, and then you've got Catherine Price, who also was on the writing team for Guilt and the Game Plan. Just a little fun thing for... Is, I didn't actually know this, and I thought I'd look it up, because, uh, you know, occasionally you get in screenwriting, it says um, written by Michael Arian Ross and as in A-N-D, uh, Nicole Millard, and occasionally get the ampersand. In st- it's the ampersand, right? Yeah. Yeah, so you get the ampersand. There is apparently a distinct difference between the two. Um, when uh, credit is accorded to a team of writers, an ampersand is used between the writers' names and the credits to denote a writing team. Uh, use of the word and between writers' names in a credit indicates that the writers did their work separately on two different drafts. Yeah, if anyone was ever curious why occasionally they use one or the other, that's why. Uh, he's oftentimes rewriting the original draft without the other person's uh, acknowledgement. Oh, okay. That might explain one or two things. Yeah, I mean, this had two writers originally and then had someone else go over the entire script. And it feels like it. Uh, yeah, book by Lauren Kate. Uh, cast wise, got Addison Timlin, who's playing uh, Lucy, who was in Odd Thomas, uh, the town that dread, uh, the town that dreaded sundown and lifelike, a lot of shit. Jeremy Irvine, who played Daniel, uh, the angel, who was in Warhorse, that piece of fucking trash film, about like 2011. I, I love war films. That was terrible. Uh, the Woman in Black Two, the Daniel Radcliffe stuff, Great Expectations. Stonewall. He uh, apparently turned down playing Peter Malark in The Hunger Games, which I'm sure he's fucking regretting now. Oh, yeah. In this instead, you poor bastard. Meal ticket, if nothing else. Uh, I am really glad that... I can never remember his name. Josh Hudson, I think. I mean, he was was decent in British Terabithia, and he was alright in The Hunger Games, the first two. I haven't seen the rest, but yeah. I'm glad it turned out that way. Uh, Daisy Head who played Ariane Atler, who was in Guilty, uh, Wrong Turn from 2021, Underworld, Blood Wars, uh, the D&D 2023 film she's going to be in, which looks like shit as well. 
<laughs> uh, I might actually cover that because that's making me angry. Uh, Daisy Head, if you recognise the name, she is the daughter of Anthony Head, who played the librarian Giles in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Who, uh, oh. incidentally, another daughter of his played, I can't remember her name now, but the blonde girl from In Between Us, who Simon had a crush on Carly, Emily Head. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. Yeah, they're actually all doing decently themselves. Uh, Penn, uh, played by Lola Kirky, who was in a film called Free the Nipple, which has got terrible reviews. Uh, Gone Girl, which is the Ben Affleck thing. Very, very good film. Great book. And Mozart in the Jungle. I'm not going to judge. And then finishing on Jolie Richardson, uh, Miss Sophia, who I didn't recognise when I was actually like sitting through it, but turns out has been in some of my favourite fucking films of the past ten years. I had no idea. In like, loads of different Lovecraft shit. Uh, Colour of Outer Space, which is a Lovecraft-oriented film horror with Nicolas Cage, which is absolutely excellent. Absolutely yeah. amazing. Yep, she's the mother in that. If you've, have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she's the mum in that. Um, fucking phenomenal film. And she's great in it. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, the Sandman, which is a TV show my dad's been watching recently. It's, I think it was all the rave over the last couple of years. Bits I've seen of it, actually pretty decent. Uh, Lady Chatterley, I don't know that one. And Event Horizon, she was one of the uh, spacefarers in that. The Sam Neill film, also a great fucking film. Uh, Paul Thomas Anderson, or Paul W.S. I can never remember which is which. W.S., I think. Uh, yeah, she she deserves a lot better than this. Safe to say, and she didn't she didn't embarrass herself, but she wasn't spectacular. To be fair, not that. Oh, okay, yeah. she does she does deserve better than this. <laughs> uh, budget box office wise, uh, forty million US dollar budget, and it made a total of three million four hundred fifty three thousand nine hundred sixteen dollars. <laughs> Ow. I'm surprised about that. Not because the film's particularly worth it, but more that the book series was very popular. From what I've gathered, and I looked into it because I was kind of fascinated on seeing how the fuck it managed to do that, I think the production company was so embarrassed by the film that they didn't want to distribute it. <laughs> they had to pass it off to several other distributors before it get any traction and by the time they'd done so all hype was gone they buried it as deep down as they fucking could and opened it in the Philippines so yeah <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were happy with it yeah they opened it in the Philippines and the teaser trailer was done at Comic Con Comic Con in Brazil I should point out <laughs> In Brazil, yeah. Which that's a that's a red flag <laughs> right there. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to place judgment on Brazil. No, yeah, no offense to the Philippines or Brazil, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that's why I did so shit. It... No, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> fuck me. Um, okay, so th this is just a full-on Twilight knockoff with angels. And if anything, it's more egregious on every other point we did before. 
about the whole creepy fucking old men going after 17-year-old girls. This is far fucking worse than any of the other films um, on that line. This is creepy as shit. In fact, I think in almost any other writer's hands, this would be a stalker novel about some immortal creep stalking some other girl through time. That should be quite good. Yeah. I think you could do yeah, something. Yeah, like that. yeah. Thriller about that. And she can't get away from it. Um, the Angel Daniel is basically a horror villain and one of the worst, I suppose not people, but worst beings to ever exist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to wait until the end where it really like kicks off, but basically, yeah, because fuck it. Basically, the plot is throughout, he's a fallen angel, right? But not like devil. Because he picked, like, a love interest over the war between uh, God and Satan, right? Like, he didn't pick a side. So God cast away all of these angels that were basically neutral, didn't want to pick a side, and um, won't, you know, allow them back into heaven um, or hell uh, until they pick a side, basically, until he makes up his damn mind. And you go, oh, okay, yeah, sure, he's picking love over whatever. But the kicker is that every time, literally every time, that him and this girl who gets reincarnated get together and kiss, like, not even anything extreme, like, get married or, like, bang or whatever. As soon as they kiss, she has had a curse put on her that she will die very quickly after they kiss. Okay, so... He still does it. <laughs> I think we need to take this apart like piece by piece because it just gets worse as you read down the list. That's not just one point, that's about a hundred points of how shit he is as a person. Going through first things first. I, I, I know for like the fourteen year old girls out there who think that the guy they took to fucking prom, this is the most important night of their life and this is the most important thing to ever happen, this love between the two of you, but it fucking isn't. At seventeen, that's not an important thing in the fucking slightest. And the war against Satan, I would argue on a personal level, is more important than some fucking girl. (laughs) Yes, but it's destiny. Can't you see that? That they're destined to be together and they're always torn apart. (laughs) That shit. That's that other thing, right? He says at some point, he's tried innumerable things to get away from her, but she always comes around. I don't think he fucking has. He's an immortal angel. He goes to the jungles of fucking Peru. If she turns up there, fine. You are fucked. And also, depending on what um, kind of a- biblical angels we're looking into, he could go to a different planet. Oh yeah, he could understand just fuck off into stratosphere. He'd go to the moon. Honestly, if I were him, I would do that and see how the fuck Satan and God try to send this bitch back to me. Yeah, like... <laughs> I'm at the Mariana Trench. Good fucking luck, mate. Yeah. A remote desert island. I'd also just like to say one thing. It's a little bit petty on the god end. Fair enough keeping him on Earth, but all the other angels... I mean, this is, like, fucking more Sodom and Gomorrah. God, I think. You turn back and look at the destruction and get turned into a pillar of salt. Job shit, where he had a... Um, bet with the devil. Uh, this isn't New Testament. <laughs> Fuzzy, wuzzy, Jesus, God. 
this is Old Testament fucking vicious shit. Still, I don't care. This might be petty, and he might be a petty person. I'd still side with him against the fucking devil. Oh, yeah. Over love, over anything. More important than this shit. And Surely, after the devil's been defeated, you can then go back to your love. Why isn't that ever mentioned? I mean, actually, the idea that this fucktard is the reason people burn for all eternity. <laughs> that he has a bit of a crush on the most boring fucking salted cardboard this side of a fucking Twilight knockoff. God, is she fucking tedious as well. That is one thing I'll never understand. The necessity to make the blandest self-fucking insert. It's insulting, honestly, to the girls reading this shit to suggest that they need the most bland people to be able to envision themselves in this place. Could they not have, like, one fucking quirk? Could you not just be into trains or some shit? Yeah. Just have something beyond... Have a personality trait. Like, granted, like, Taint Light, she was Bella, but Twist was retarded. <laughs> Fallen, she's Bella, but Twist, she's got schizophrenia and doesn't want to do anything about it for some reason, which is a horrific message. We'll get into that later as well. I want to get into. <laughs> um, in Last Vampire on Earth, <laughs> she's Bella, but where she should have his witness with AIDS. <laughs> Genuinely. What? <laughs> I love that film. <laughs> Why did you give me vampires suck? Bastard. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to show you that at some point, <laughs> regardless. Oh, the last 10 minutes of that. Um, I'll probably show it to you like, during the... I'll pause this for a second and just show you the last 10 minutes, one of the scenes. <laughs> it's just so perfect. Okay, so yeah. Uh, starts with narration to go over all that. I don't know why every film in this fucking genre starts with narration of some sort. To be fair, again, to Chris Seaver, he fucking doesn't. He has to be the unique one. He pushes out the way. And yeah. it, even worse in this, it has narration that is point for point fucking explained in a classroom later in the film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doesn't even let the, the, the plot be a surprise. Right. And after that narration, we're brought into the world of fucking Fallen. Uh, and yeah, as I said, it's, this is any prick who decides not to fight against Lucifer isn't a fucking hero. It, it's a real 14-year-old girl who is the most important thing like ever. Feel to it. And we're introduced to our protagonist, who I'm just going to label throughout this entire review as, as, I can't remember, if, Lucy, I think, Luce. But she's just fucking salty cardboard. She's cardboard with a little bit of set fucking dressing over it. The main mm. character. God, is she boring. <laughs> I honestly don't remember what she looks like. <laughs> like, at all. Is she brunette? Yeah. I mean, you could draw um, anyone from any of these films and you wouldn't be able to pick them apart. If I drew, if you told me to draw a protagonist from one of these films, it would look the same as every other fucking protagonist from all of these films. They're all the same. All the same fucking person from the same factory. I don't know. The girl from Taint Light looks very tired. I remember what she looks like. And you know what? Fuck me, I can't believe I keep doing this. But I think that was on purpose. I think that was to directly parody fucking Kristen Stewart from Twilight. An actress I, I do like quite a lot. She's done some very good stuff. Oscar nominated now. 
Well, good for her. Oh, yeah, good for her. Get this. It's weird. The actors in Twilight have gone on to be really good actors. They fucking deserve better. Or I might have Mike. Really like Robert Pattinson. Yeah, Robert Pattinson, one of my favourite actors at the minute. Kristen Stewart, she was in, um, oh, Cherry Bombs. The mm. Cherry Bomb film. That's really good. The Runaways, the Runaways biopic. It's very, very fucking good with Dakota Fanning. Uh, I love the band, to be fair, so might be part in. And the cover they do of Cherry Bomb is better than the original. Genuinely, she's got a great voice to her. Yeah, they've done amazing to themselves. So I, I don't know why they still get the same bland fucking... They do it in Fifty Shades of Grey as well. Like, um, Anastasia in that. Actually, that's Dakota Fanning, isn't it? <laughs> Thinking about it. I might be getting those mixed up. I can't, okay, I can't remember who plays the girl, blonde girl in the runaways, which is really good. Um, Dakota Fanning in Fifty Shades of Grey can't act for shit and is awful. She's abysmal. And she's brunette. Fucking lo and behold. Because it has to be relatable. Anyway, she gets to Hogwarts. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> With the worst actor in all of these films. The head teacher in this is fucking awful. Is he the head teacher? Or whoever he is. I thought it was just like a security bloke. Security bloke. The guy probably does the fucking set dressing cardboard shit. He's probably the security guard for the actual fucking set and he's the only guy they could get in because he can't act for shit. He is... Dre- he he doesn't even belong in Taint. Like, he fucking belongs in The Last Vampire. But I'm going to get into the, the actual, like, school slash asylum <laughs> she's in. That, for a little bit, he's the least empathetic person you could possibly have. And the school she's gone to is basically a school for uh, people with mental disorders, um, you know, violent tendencies, basically where other schools can't take care of them, right? Like, that's the point of this school. Yeah. And it's run like a fucking prison. You know what? I don't think it's even run like a prison. That would almost be better. There are no guards fucking anywhere in this thing. It's just... Uh, it's, no, it's, it's like a like, sanitarium. Yeah, it's know. like she's only allowed like 10 minutes a week on her phone or something like that. Which is, is great for mental health problems. Which, yeah, mental health problems and also developing teenagers Com- in the modern era. Completely like, cut off all contact to her parents. Fucking phenomenal idea. And Takes a fucking birthday present off her as well. Yeah. Because it has metal in it. It's like, she's not suicidal. Do you see people running around with piercings and shit? Yeah. Later but, in, someone who's got a bike. <laughs> uh, I'm just skipping ahead a little bit, um, because I'm just talking about how shit this place is. Her, her therapist, right, believes everything she says, for one. Uh, because she has visions of these smoky monster things, right? And she blacks out a lot. And when she blacks out, bad things happen. So she believes she's killed someone. That's just an American therapist. That's, oh, you, you believe that you are um, you see shadow people? Yes, yes, good, good. Yes, you do see shadow people. Now, can you keep paying me if I validate you further? Please well, keep paying that. me. When she says she no longer sees the shadow things, he believes her. 
Yeah. <laughs> when she's refusing to take her medicine. And you know that... what? Yeah, if, if they'd have painted it, if they'd have just shown that for what it was, I'd have just said he's an idiot and moved on. The, the biggest problem I have with that scene is that they frame it in such a way that taking the medicine is a bad thing because it yeah. makes you less like yourself. The, what's the exact line? Because I watched it a little while ago. It was like, um, I would rather be who I am than something I'm not or something like that. Like, yeah, I'd rather be who I am imprisoned here than someone who I'm not back home. That, that's not how medicine works. That's not that's how not medicine how they... works. That's not how fucking depression medication works. Schizophrenia medication works. And it's just like it's not just that she thinks she has schizophrenia, right? It's the fact that she thinks that has caused the death of someone. Like, so she thinks that someone has died because of her blackouts, right? That's why she's here. And she still refuses to take her medication. And they frame that like it's a good thing. Yeah. Someone has... If I think, if I thought someone was dead because of my disorder, right? Regardless of what it is, and a, a licensed medical professional gives me something and goes, this will help and will make your horrible nightmares, your horrible visions, and your chances of murdering someone get, like, less so... I would be downing those motherfuckers. I'm not here to give licensed fucking medical advice on anything. But importantly, neither's the filmmaker of this. And all I'll say to, to anyone listening, and I'm, I'm sure people can at least agree with the principle of this, is generally speaking, you should trust what your doctor says. Is he knows more about it than you do. He's got, I hope, the best in, your best interest in heart, and that's how it is. This film paints it in such a way that having schizophrenia makes you who you are. Being depressed makes you who you are. That's a horrible fucking message to a very impressionable group of people. Yeah. If it was portrayed in that it was the bad choice, even if it was the correct choice, if that makes sense. You know, like, it's not one flew over the cuckoo's nest. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. It's not an insane woman drugging people to make sure they stay here. No, it's it's a side bit. It's a side plot that she's not taking her meds. But it's such a portrayed in such a no. You go. You be the rebel. You know. You 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 know. You be who you are. It's, it's uh, a harmful fucking message. Gen- genuinely harmful and a, a touch disgusting that they push this to paper. Um, even worse than the idea that if a fucking ancient ancient vampire decides to date a 17-year-old, that's fine. <laughs> the worst fucking message than that. Yeah, the, the worst message in that is <laughs> I don't know, destiny love exists. You know? <laughs> when DiCaprio does it, everyone gets pissy. <laughs> I really, I really hated it. Viscerally, on a, on a moral level, on an ethical level. It, it's, it's impressionable kids. You shouldn't be sending this shit to them. 
shouldn't be saying that's a good thing. That's yeah. fucking awful. I don't count myself as a role model, but I don't do that shit. But don't get me wrong, it's not the point of the film. That's why I'm not going to really mention it again, apart from one scene. But that's more just, you know, thing. But it's not the point of the film. It's very quickly um, removed when the angels become a thing. But it's just something that really pissed me off. And when the film's not good in the first place, it's just, you know. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. I mean, very, very quickly finish on myself. I think whenever you're going to touch on these subjects, you need to do it very delicately. And you need to do it with a, with a lot more care than this fucking thing has. Something like, um, fuck that Winona Ryder film, Girl Interrupted. Or Ginger Snaps 2. Like there's a focus on the topic because I think I mean, schizophrenia deserves its own focus all the way through. It really does change as a person. It really does. You know, it's, it's very detrimental. And it shouldn't just A, be glossed over and B, be seen as a fucking good thing. To make you who I are. Yeah, I, I despise it. Really fucking hate this film. Um, awful critic reviews, by the way. Looking at Rotten Tomatoes, it's got like a 9% and about an 80% on audience because. Fucking teenage girls have no taste. <laughs> but no. I might be going to hell and burning for all eternity, but at least the blonde boy will fuck me. <laughs> One thing I never got as well, right? He kisses her and she uh, she dies, right? Yeah. Don't kiss her. Well, that that's got to come up in one of like one of the last scenes, but yeah. What was that whole thing that Christians used to do to stay virgins? Fuck each other in the ear or something? <laughs> Is it guaranteed to work? No. <laughs> Could try it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just imagining one of the reincarnation like life cycles, just him going up to her like, look, hear me out. <laughs> He's just got a book of shit. He's just crossing off. I've tried fucking in the ear. That doesn't work. She died anyway. Arse, no. Just kissing her feet. No. Going through a warp of fucking one. The, the fucking in the ear led to an ear, conf- ear infection, which he's not <laughs> sure was the curse. Or just, <laughs> <laughs> just like ear fucking question mark because he's still not sure. Oh. Fuck. Let's go for about four or five cycles, same shit. Ear infection every single time. <laughs> Try in a time when medical science is better. I tell you, if that was the case through history, you should have a lot easier time finding out about this fucker through time. <laughs> Much easier go googling this prick's name. It's just the first twelve articles were weird man fucks in here, weird man fucks in here. <laughs> Shit, right? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm just now imagining this book. That's like a thick dictionary-sized book. I'm just tried fucking through a sheet, crossed out. Tried the furry costumes. Yeah. Texting didn't work. Just pulling on separate TV screens, wanking off in the corner. Anyway, not that you'd fucking bother because again, she's the most boring 
milk toast. She's the embodiment of a rice cracker. And I mean, hell, she seems more interesting in her past in her past reincarnations. Because fuck, one of them, she was a revolutionary sword fighter. Yeah, why couldn't she have fucking been that for this? Why couldn't that have been the film? Watching a yeah. revolutionary sword fighter from past. That, that would be a lot more interesting. Exactly the same plot, you know, angel, demon, whatever. Star-crossed lovers, whatever, but set it in the French Revolution. Fuck me, that would be more interesting. And I've got, I've got faith in teenage girls that they could relate to that. It doesn't need to be the blandest shit ever. She had all of history at her fingertips, and all they've picked is modern-day fucking boarding school. That's the other thing. I still don't get that. Of why the fucking angel would decide to stay in a boarding school for all of time. That that really is miserable. I mean, yeah, half I really of these, it's not uh, even the case of, oh, I, I need to, I look like a child, so I need to do this. No, they look about 20 fucking eight. All of them. Oh, yeah. All of the actors are at least 25. All of them could borderline pass for geriatric at this point. They'd be fine. <laughs> uh, talking of which, yeah, in the school itself, it's just chaos, really, back and forth. Uh, people like running around. There's, there's no teachers about. There's one guy being brought in by a police officer. Later they have a party. This just doesn't read to me like a proper um, you know, a boarding school for troubled kids. I've seen private schools. They've got some security running mm. around. They've got, well, not security, but they've at least got counsellors with kids that need it. They've got one-to-one occasionally. If I'd imagine if, if this school genuinely takes in people who can't be put anywhere else and would be going to a mental hospital otherwise, You'd see kids with one-to-one carers or two-to-one carers going mm. around who require it. You'd see a lot more support in the whole thing. Um, you'd see a lot a more kids more, who aren't fucking normal. A bit more separation with the violent um, kids and the more mentally ill ones. Well, no, violent, you know, the, the violent ones would obviously be mentally ill, but with the more, what's the word, passive mental illnesses? I'm not sure what the actual term well, is called. Just violent. The violent kids, um, you you keep them under supervision at all fucking times, and away from the angel. Why are the angels in this fucking school? Why did they do this to themselves? If it were a normal ass school, I'd be a bit more lax with it. But it's not. It's it's specifically stated multiple times that this is like the last place you get sent to before like an an actual. Institute. I imagine it's, it's the last place the rich kids get sent to. The poor kids just go to a fucking institute. Well, yeah. Like I said, this place looks like fucking Hogwarts. Runs like it as well. Fucking fencing lessons. Who gives fencing lessons to violent kids? What an awful idea. Actually, that said, the worst thing a child does um, is eat a lollipop like a bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> I found that kind of funny. Yeah. Because you didn't mention him in the um, in the notes. One of the other main characters is another angel, but he's like a bad boy angel. Uh, Cameron or something. Yeah. Who, honestly, as much as he is a cliche fucking bad boy in the biggest inverted commas that you can think of, he is a much better fit for the girl. Oh, yeah. I mean, for one, he wouldn't kill her. No. And she actually seems to be having a better time with him. She seems to be having more fun. They do interesting stuff. They go to places. 
they do things. She does fuck all with the other guy. She sees him in a pool. She's and in a fu- pool. It talks about his weird fan fiction. Yeah. But because of destiny, she ends up with the boring one. Yeah, I think it's worked way better as a horror film. Having this this whole destiny, she's got no choice in the matter. That's that's terrifying. The idea that she can't love anyone else, she'll always come back to this blonde bimba. Uh, then it also makes breaking that destiny, which is a key point in this film in this story. Uh, yeah, that would also make that would be interesting. And it's far more interesting to see her end up with like the devil, uh, evil angel. Not even evil. He's just a punk. Yeah. I, evil in the evil for this. Evil for what you're allowed to yeah, do in yeah, a yeah. fucking Twilight <laughs> knockoff. I, the easiest way of putting this um, fucking comparison. There's a, a metal band. There's inverted fucking commas in my voice there for you. Uh, that's playing later on. That the fucking angels wouldn't see this shit. I, I like to think that the devil would have better taste than milk toast fucking. <laughs> We're allowed to have one. We're allowed to have more positions than just missionary. I can tell you that. <laughs> Fucking so, it's so shitty. Rocking it's so much like Buffy. No one goes to see. I mean, I'm not a fucking metalhead, but I like to think that the devil, if he's into this sort of shit, would be listening to the the death metals, the fucking um, Swedish shit, the even <laughs> Ramstein. Ramstein would definitely be Ramstein on in hell. Would be fucking heavier than whatever milk toast crap they've got playing. Soft rock bollocks. The Christian's viewpoint of heavy metal. Yeah, this is Christian heavy metal for you. If you showed them real heavy metal, their head would explode. <laughs> yeah, he's introduced and people say he's a bad fucking news, that kind of shit. He really isn't. He doesn't do anything of any real worry, danger. There's one girl who goes around, I think, burning people. Yeah, she's just insane. There's one point where she just straight up like attacks her, right? Again, in milk toast fashion, the kind of pushing over kind of deal, but still. And then the douchebag head teacher comes along and blames the main character <laughs> and says a line that really, really pissed me off. And it was, violence is cause for expulsion. Yeah, in a school like this. He didn't start anything either. He doesn't say shit to the other girl. Yeah, that is a point. I mean, she says that we're not going to exclude you because you've not been read your Bill of Rights or whatever the fuck through that. But then to the other girl, she's still allowed in. (laughs) And allowed to be with the more less violent, more passive lot. What? After having burnt it goes, but yeah, no, you're right. She should be fucking gone. She should be kicked out within like an inch. I can only assume the angels have a, I don't know, of personally funding the place, the donors, and they have to be nice to the parents. I don't fucking know. Sure, but have her in the opposite, like the, a separate area, like I said earlier. Just Honestly, fu- you could just have her not in the fucking school. Because most of the, the big events around are when she, they uh, meet up outside at like the party and at the fucking... Actually, no, it was just the party, wasn't it, where they were attacking each other? She yeah, could have just been outside. Much. It made perfect sense, but yeah, fuck him. Oh, we're introduced to um, Daniel as well, the fucking 40-year-old student. 
alongside the teacher, uh, who, again, I, I find it really stupid that for some reason she can boss them about and they take it. I mean, they're the fallen. They've, they've already said fuck off to God. Why the hell are they taking this shit? They've already been kicked out. Why don't they go, no, piss off and do their own shit? Fuck knows. Oh, as I said, I just, I don't know, moved to Alaska. Well, no, I'd fight the devil because that's the right thing to do. And I'm not a piece of shit. But this is these people. And they act like adolescents as well. That annoys me more than them being at the school. These are ancient beings, 7,000, 8,000 years old, and they act like teenagers. Why? <laughs> they get, like, jealous and do really petty shit. And it's no fucking wonder these guys decided to give up the crusade to have a love life. Is that perpetually, like, 12? For all this perpetually 16-year-old hormone-driven misery cases? I mean, that that is hell. That is torture. Can you imagine being stuck in puberty for the rest of time? Dear God. You know it's bad when the uh, angel from Good Omens is more of a rebel than you are. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's how I picture him, if, you, if you're going to do an angel properly. Or the angel's from um, Preacher. If I was going to do that's what I picture a proper angel to be like, slightly detached from the world, not massively emotional, just, yeah, not fucking teenagers. Not fucking teenagers either. That's just weird. Oh, yeah. uh, and for all this, yeah, we get introduced to some of the other characters. Pen, who's annoying as shit and doesn't have much relevance. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Todd eventually is the computer whiz who is just bland. He's there, he exists. He's not- He's not there for long either. He serves his purpose dies. and then dies. Which was it's a bit out of the blue, to be fair. Uh, and we've got, yeah, for some reason, the angels in classroom are being taught about themselves. I don't quite understand the purpose. I mean, if you're going to do this whole student-teacher thing, I'd at least want to try new shit. I wouldn't want to go back over a biography every other day. Because, like, I imagine it's, like, religious studies, right? Why are they going into this ultra-specific thing? (laughs) Maybe it's just the teacher just, like, really, like, just fucking hammering home how dumb they are. (laughs) That would be great, just browbeating them. Yeah, just, like, the entire time. Yeah, there's there's no way this comes up in a test anywhere. On any syllabus. This isn't going to be in the fucking GCSEs. After you're done. I mean, it's like the equivalent of picking some obscure pagan deity and going over that for a few lessons. Just pointless. And if they were the fucking pagan deity as well, this really is just, okay, this is your life. Why do I need to hear this? Again, again, again. Jesus Christ. Multiple lessons as well. It's not just like, just so happens when we're touching upon this one little obscure subject. No, it's like the entire syllabus is made up of this fucking obscure bit of lore about the fallen, not fallen angels. Which would be fine, and I'd look past it, if it weren't for the fact that they narrated all this shit at the start. (laughs) They don't come up with anything new. And what it does, basically, is you end up being put, forced into the position of one of these students having to hear this same story again and again and again and again in different formats. First you get the fucking narration, then you get this lecture by this old bat, then you get the graphic novel version. Oh, (laughs) God. 
It's on and on and on and on. Um, the leads have zero chemistry between them. Oh, yeah. Like, but, none. Like I said, there's more chemistry between her and the bad boy. Oh, yeah. Easily. Um, and immediately as well, I would just like to add. Yeah, yeah. They, she instantly locks over to him. They were trying to form this little love triangle, and there's no reason for her to go with the blonde kid. None. Other than destiny. <laughs> Gee, I, I, fuck me, I keep doing this. Oh, shit, I should fucking beat myself. I should slap myself with a whip every time I do this. But to give credit to Taint Light, <laughs> there's a scene in this, the car scene, basically, where you get the uh, statue falling over. Plumping down. I don't know if someone pushed it or if it implied someone pushed it. I seem to remember. Yeah, the, the girl who's just insane. I think she might be the devil or a demon. I can't remember. I think she's a demon. She's got like moving snake tattoos and shit. Yeah, um. And then she's saved. It's such a cut and paste job from the Twilight car scene. And at least the mime was something different. At least the mime managed something. Managed to put a smile on someone's face. Right, uh, yeah, Bad Boy Angel becomes smitten with salted cardboard. And... Okay, the fencing scene. Yeah, pushing on. They give uh, swords to mentally disturbed children. Great idea. To be fair, someone pointed out, but again, as I said earlier, pointing out something stupid and then continuing to do it is not smart. To be fair, I can understand giving it non-violent, because having that kind of martial arts does help. It yeah. does help, this kind of thing. Um, giving a focus, an outlet. So, yeah, I can understand it. Uh, but it's the same class with the violent bitch girl. It just beats the shit out of <laughs> Yeah, I, I, it's fucking staggering. No one's been killed. Sure, in this. They must, they must be blunt blades. I should find a way. She'd strangle you with it. Fucked in the head, this girl. Yeah, uh, we get the first scene of a better film in flashback yeah. form. <laughs> <laughs> With, what was it, Paris, you said? Like, revolutionary? I believe, I believe it's Paris, because they're in very similar gear. I might be wrong, but they're in, like, uh, long blue coats, and there's a lot of violence, and Paris is mentioned earlier, so I figured it's yeah, well, it's, it's something. It's like Renaissance, post Renaissance era Europe, somewhere. And it, uh, yeah, fire all around. Um, which I don't think they used enough, to be honest, these flashback scenes. I'd have liked to have seen some other stuff. <laughs> some just awkward scenes where, I don't know, she was swimming. She just gets a flashback to her as an Alaskan trawler. Yeah. I, I don't know. Which is, she's, um, fucking. Oh. Trying to think of any other scenario. That would be an interesting series of films. Have this kind of tragic love story, but set throughout the history. That's why I said you've got all of history to make use of. Incredible sets. And they go with this. A boarding school Hogwarts crap. Because that's that's the amount of faith they have in a teenage girl audience. That's all they think they can relate to. It has to be the sa- exactly the same as fucking them. All of these films do the same fucking shit. I hate YA novels nowadays. 
fucking Hunger Games, Divergent, Maze Runner, Fallen, Twilight. They're all the fucking same. Marginally better wrote than some of the YA novels for boys, to be fair, like Ready Player One and Ready Player Two, which was fucking terrible. Um, yeah, I suppose that is true. Yeah. So, yeah, with all this, some stuff, uh, David's got nothing on his file, they find out, which seems like a bit of an oversight to me. Why wouldn't they just put something on there? Yeah, like there's, it, the last 17, 18 years, however old he's meant to be, make some shit up. Just put, like, David Smith Sr. Fucking Jane Smith Sr. Both had a kid. He was sent here. End of. That's all you fucking need. His parents died when he was a kid. He's an orphan. That's why he's got kind of jackal on his record. Also, it explain why he's here, because he's had, like, a traumatic past. Yeah. Yeah, that'd do it. Honestly, just that. But- couple of names of like uh, orphanages because you know he's been passed around no one wanted to adopt him because whatever done I mean they're fucking angels <laughs> they're idiots talking about idiots as well I, I suppose this isn't wrong in a sense but um, yeah a little I, I felt off about it the only black guy in the film is a devil and uh, an idiot He's the only idiot in the film, like explicitly they say he's a moron. And he's evil. I, I don't, I, I'm not saying it's racist. I'm getting some big Mormon vibes yeah. from it. That's... I, he's one of the angels. He's not a uh, demon demon. I think it wasn't one of the... Okay, well, if he's one of the angels, he's the only stupid angel on the yeah. list, which somehow makes it worse. He doesn't care. He's the one who takes bets on how long she's going to last. <laughs> which actually was kind of funny well it's not even bets on how long she's going to last it's bets on how long fucking blonde boy can keep it in his pants for yeah Jesus an angel with just no fucking self-reliance resilience is he not just like thought of masturbating once in a fucking while instead of this shit <laughs> that's a sin as well funny any other girl she's not special I mean, to be fair, she is special. She is so bland in a way that she's transcended blandness and became special to some extent. All of these fucking girls do. But no, that's the thing. She was more interesting in her past lives. <laughs> I bet you he's disappointed this is the one she's stuck with. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the ultimate form of obsession rather than love. Yeah. Because he doesn't know her. She's had different life ex- like experiences most of them traumatic she's going to have a different personality I mean this is kind of the equivalent if you time trailed into the future and decided to um, go after your wife's great 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 granddaughter not quite that bad I just realised how awkward that is your girlfriend's great 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 granddaughter because she looks similar which is creepy. Yeah, which Fuck. is fun. For vampire films, because Dracula does that. It's like the descendant who's a reincarnation of his past wife, right? But he's a vampire. And evil. So, yeah, it's fine for him to be really fucking creepy. <laughs> but to be fair, again, he did abandon hell 
and heaven, the fucking war, the thing he should be doing, definitely should be doing for this shit. So he is evil. In fact, he's worse than most vampires. Far worse. The worst kind. The lack of inaction. Get a party which looks shite. Really shite. I, I never. I was never a massive fan. Fucking believe it or not, everyone listening, I wasn't a massive partier as a kid. <laughs> That's just hard to believe. What I used to do is play board games and drink based on that. <laughs> well, I still do, to be fair. <laughs> I'm not fucking fooling like anyone. a good night. Yeah. But I was never one for this, like, DJing shit. To be fair, I don't think England is at all. We we don't tend to go for this, um, for this, uh, you know, in these films, in these high school films that America has, where you have a fucking band booked in the garage, you have barrels of yeah. beer being drove in. What we have in this country, and I don't know if it's the same for you, but I can imagine in Cornwall it was roughly the same, we have a very tense fucking affair where you go to someone's house with a four-pack of cider, one of which is going to get stolen, guaranteed, that night. You will stand in corners trying not to have any eye contact with anyone and make awkward fucking conversation about school. <laughs> That's your average house, but and someone eventually orders pizza and yours is 100% getting stolen as well. That's... Uh, to be fair, uh, unsurprisingly as well, I wasn't much of a partier when I was in school. That very much came later, and even then, it was never at like after school. It was always at clubs rather than someone's house. You know, yeah. The house party just seems, <laughs> I don't know, lame. <laughs> yeah, and you had like the friend, your friend's parents were in the other room, which never actually felt awkward. To be fair, I don't know what it is, but yeah, um, British house parties worse. A hundred times worse than what you see in America. I don't know how accurate it is, to be fair. The American fucking, ooh, spring break! Stuff. But it's, yeah. it doesn't translate. I think that's the I think that's the big thing. We don't really have spring break. Ooh, Easter holidays! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chocolate eggs! <laughs> Fuck yeah! I don't know, seen fucking eggs have been out since, like, January. That's bullshit. Yeah. It's getting ridiculous. You know what, I do, what we do have in this country, though, for Easter? A, a game I love to fucking play. Um, you ever played it? The, uh, is it a chocolate Santa or a chocolate dildo? Where you buy uh, yeah. <laughs> Easter bunny from a shitty like pound land and try to tell if it was originally a chocolate Santa or if it looks like a dildo? <laughs> I've got a couple ready. Yeah, that's the party hard attitude we have <laughs> in the UK. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's why you don't see many uh, fucking parties in our... Actually, you do, but they're just about as tense as I described. Just about as miserable as that, yeah. God help us. Um, Yeah, I mean, the party here looks crap as well. It's like one hobo-style trash fire in the (laughs) centre. They're all crowding around in the middle of a forest. For one, I don't know how the fuck they managed to do that, because if you're in some sort of mental mental institution boarding school... The security should be far, far fucking better than this to allow this to happen. Yeah, like a good 50 kids break out of this place at once. And no one notices. And go like five minutes away into the woods. Honestly, there might just be two members of staff, or three members of staff, including the psychologist. It's, It's only shown two members of permanent staff that aren't the psychologist, so maybe three. Of four, I suppose our fencing instructor comes in and out. 
them. Yeah, I'm not so sure they're a, they're a permanent member of staff. <laughs> the party, basically the weird uh, Molly, I think her name was, something like that, just assaults Psycho Lucy. Psycho girl assaults the cardboard, and she gets strangled by uh, the guy that Lucy should definitely be going out with. He actually comes yeah. to a fucking rescue thinking about it. At another point, he straight up defends her, like goes, fuck off, like actively helps her and tells the other bitch to go away. <laughs> Which she does. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. 100% she should be going out with him. Million percent. Um, oh, this is about 40 minutes in, by the way, and it feels like five hours. Yeah, he bothers to talk to her. He doesn't try to actively avoid her through this, like the other fucking guy's doing. Uh, oh yeah, background shit said Lucy killed someone in a fire because of her visions bringing like parts of the past. And I don't know, maybe she was a fucking baker at some point in a past life, and she caught fire to the place, and that's dreaming through, uh, or it was the yeah. Paris thing, something. Yeah, somehow. She was macking on a boy, or vice versa, and then the hut they were in caught fire. She somehow escaped because she had blacked out, and he died in the fire. So she thinks she caused the fire that ended up killing him. But she did. Yeah. And she took her fucking meds. Todd would still be alive. Yeah, because later on, that happens in the library, whilst uh, they're looking up old fucking blonde angel i refuse to use his name um whilst they're looking him up the library catches fire and then boy dies yeah quite why they bothered looking it up i don't know because again he's the most boring man alive in the in the middle of the night as well yeah you think they could just go in the day yeah because the rules of this place is very loosey-goosey so Go in the day. Yeah, well. Yeah, we get um, yeah, the most boring graphic novel in history. You know what? Another thing, right? They say there's there's a reoccurring bit where she says she's not baptized, and they say that's a bad thing because basically she's gonna be reincarnated if she's killed. She isn't gonna come back, which, as far as I'm concerned, is a good fucking thing. You end this whole cycle. Kill her now, please God. But okay, if he wanted to keep her alive and he was worried about her being not reincarnated again, fair enough. He's an idiot. He's evil. That's his perspective on it. Why the hell didn't you just baptise her before kissing her? Well, I'll get, I want to get onto this fully in detail in a second. Because another character brings this up. But before then, because a geeky kid uh, dies in the fire, um, she decides to commit suicide, right? Which, okay, take your fucking meds and this probably wouldn't have happened, but okay. So she goes onto this balcony <clears throat> and then is saved by the angel, right? And that's when it comes out that he's definitely this angel thing, right? And there's this, you know, romantic, again, in inverted commas, when she's back on the... Um, Back on the, the the what's the fucking word called? Where you're looking over balcony. That's the word. Sorry. So she's on the balcony, 
jumps off, he gets saved. And then the bad boy comes in, going, don't fucking kiss her. You know, come with me, I can protect you. Basically, you know, all the stuff about her curse, why she's doing, what the black things are, basically what these black smoky things are, are basically just her memories from past lives. And like, basically gives exposition as to why she should come with him rather than the blonde boy, right? And then she goes, I've made my decision, and then kisses the blonde boy, right? At no point does anyone say, fine, you've picked the blonde boy. Don't kiss him and let us figure the shit out first. <laughs> Let's think of a way of saving you because I still like you. You know, I don't want you to die. And I'm sure the blonde boy would agree with me that we don't want you to die. So let's figure this shit out first. And then you can bang, you know? Yeah. Uh, any of that. 100%. Just get baptized. Again, ear sex. Whatever solution <laughs> they come to. Get your book out, mate. Let's get this. Let's. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. You could give the the um, brunette angel, give him like the blonde guy's mask, give him a mask of the blonde guy. Just do it that way, both at once. Why not? Just anything but kissing the guy immediately. Fucking idiot. Again, this comes down to this whole: the most important thing in life is a romance when you're 15 years old. I think they're meant to be a bit older. I think it's like university. Or college. Or 18, 17. But the most important thing in your life is a romance in college years. Because yeah. generally speaking, as sad as it fucking is, that is the most important thing that has happened in these people's lives. Fucking depressing. Jeez, at least... Uh, <laughs> I could tell you at least Siva. It's not the most important thing in his fucking life. <laughs> it's got more going on. Got more important shit to be doing. Like shitting in the woods. <laughs> So, the fight scene generally. Yeah. Oh, I preferred tank lights. <laughs> At least you can see it. It's like a bad version of the Man of Steel and Chronicle fights, just amalgamated as they're just being punched. It's so weightless as well. Yeah, any... And it has this really annoying thing that a lot of like action films and a lot of modern media does that it cuts on the impact. Yeah. So it's like you see one guy zooming in to punch the other one, and then it cuts to the other one reeling back. You don't actually see the punch. And sure, editing, and because this is they're flying in the air in a thunderstorm, so, you know, effects might be a bit difficult, but there's no fucking impact whatsoever. You're seeing two fucking... Wats flying around, <laughs> screaming at each other that they can somehow still hear each other in the middle of a thunderstorm. It's kind of the same things over and over again. It's pretty much just leave her alone. On loop. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck, it's annoying. And this is after they've kissed. So she's just standing on a balcony. Death imminent. And they're fucked off having a fight. Pretty funny if like Final Destination style, a brick just fell on her head. 
Yes. Balcony <laughs> crumbles, just like, and or just because at when the fight happens, this is something I I, I um I spotted on my on my first watching. Did you notice this as well that during the last like ten minutes, there is a lot of dubbing going on. Like before he flies off to save the girl, he talks to the the teacher, like the the other angel lady. Spoilers, she's an angel as well. Um, he moves his mouth, and the it's been dubbed over. I'm gonna have to rewatch that and have a look. It's not all the time, and it's only in select scenes. But there's some obvious dubbing going on, and I don't know why. Maybe the sound quality was bad, or they part of the rewriting because we don't know when the rewrites happened I'm not surprised because there's a reason that they were so embarrassed they didn't want to release it and that would easily fucking count as part of that Jesus tacky by the way this leads into the fight leads into uh, the headmistress or not headmistress the teacher lady RE teacher I'm going to call her (laughs) Um, kind of comes to the girls uh, and like takes them away, and then she just fucking slits the throat of one of them. I do love how they they say she'll be all right. We'll take her away. It's just no, she's dead. Throat yeah. slit, love. Like, real brutally, and at no point does she stab the main character. You know which what? I think. I was going to say, for that whole punch impacting thing, I was going to say something along the lines of, well, maybe it's a, a ratings thing. They didn't want to go into 12A or whatever. They want to stick at PG to hit the proper audience for this shit. But that was, yeah, that throat slit would get you shoved into a 12A. Minimum. Yeah. That's fucking Dean. Yeah, I mean, the punches are going to be, have less impact on your rating, pun fucking intended, than the throat slit. But cutting to the chase, whilst she's about to stab up uh, the other girl, the main character, uh, main dude crashes in through the ceiling, saves her. Don't fight. He basically just tells the lady to fuck off. And then she does. Yeah, they have a chat. Nice fight, so chat. Out, yeah, because it turns out her her purpose is to ensure that he picks a side, basically. And ensures that the death of this lady happens over and over again, so he will eventually pick a side and go up to heaven. Uh, or hell, whichever side he joins, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, again, in my mind, fucking heaven and hell, more important than this romance, he should have just stabbed the bitch, like, immediately. Yeah, she puts no resistance when the other angel comes down. She just nopes out. Goes, oh, all right, I'll get her, though. You and your meddling dog. Yeah. And then the film ends. Like, <laughs> yeah, they just said that they're going to fuck off and find the angel resistance or some shit. Yeah, which I'm assuming happened. This is like first book territory, obviously. From what I'm gathering, yes. There's another one that's about purgatory in the third book. Um, and sure. I, I think it ends on something like them both becoming human. No spoiler alert because this deserves to be spoiled. Don't don't. Yeah. I, I'm, if, I'm if, presuming that no one who watches my stuff is reading Fallen anyway. <laughs> the kind of person reading Fallen is not going to be watching this. 
You know, actually, if, if you are, if you were just recommended this because you thought, oh, Fallen, my favourite book series, I'm sorry. <laughs> the books might be good. I can't say. I'm not going to fucking read them if I know. No. <laughs> I do a lot for this series. I ain't doing fucking that. I read one book for this uh, list. I read The Last Vampire on Earth. Stop reading the rest. So we can safely say that the film is shit. We can't judge the books. And my least favourite of all of these. The film, the film, um, with the exception of Vampire Suck, I think I hate the people who made it more than anyone else on this list. It has less passion, less soul than anything else. Yeah. Ironic. Oh no, I would say Vampire Suck is less passionate. But uh, you didn't watch that. Yeah. So, you know... I can't remember what happens in the third film. Give me a second, I'll look it up. Twilight 3. Oh! Oh, maybe they get married? Uh. Yeah, alright. No, okay, I've got it. So. Phenomenal book series, fuck off. Anyway, yeah. So they get home, they're like, hey, yeah, let's go do to Forks and all that bullshit. Whatever. In the first film, the, the guy that was torturing uh, Emo Chick was in a group of three. One of the guys was just like, nah, I don't want any part of this. So he ran off. And the other chick was like bonded to the torturer. So she was like, well, you killed my mate. I'm going to kill your mate. And she's human, so that'll be easy. She starts basically turning people in the city to basically make them into, like, newborn vampires and whatnot. And she leads them to basically hunt down Bella. Um, But Edward has a problem kind of leaving Bella... Oh, Bella, that's her name. Bella with Jacob. Because he's a vampire and he... He changes, like, the when he, he gets angry and he's angry all the time, he's like the Hulk. Then all that shit. So that happens. Eventually, he's just like, yeah, fuck it. Let's, let's all go. Whatever. Um, it's a bit of back and forth between that. Occasionally, the chick that is trying to hunt Bella occasionally turns up. She almost gets close and then she disappears because she's a bit shit. Then it ends up being this, like, huge fight at the end of the film, which no one really takes part in. So their plan for the fight is, right, we keep Bella on a mountainside away from everyone because that's smart. Isolate a target, whatever. We'll have... Edward and Jacob kind of staying with her to keep her protected so we can stay in touch with both sides of the the werewolves and the vampires and we're fighting together because we're all friends now then all that happens Bella because it's on top of a mountain it's snowy and shit it's cold she hugs up to Jacob and then fucking Edward feels jealous about it so he's like meh let's have a peace treaty and meh, let's all be friends but stop hugging my woman the actual fight day arrives obviously fucking they 
the lady that's hunting Bella sends all the fucking newb- newborns at the pack of werewolves and the family of vampires. And it's like, yeah, well, they'll handle that shit, but her and a couple of other newborns go to the isolated, where, iso- where Bella is isolated, and they go, right, let's just kill this bitch. There's only two people defending her, this will be easy. So, Edward and Jacob are getting their ass kicked, and Bella's genius plan to save them both is to cut her own wrist to distract the newborns and uh, the one hunting her. It it slightly gives them the upper hand. They tear them to pieces and burn them, and then it's like, meh, will you marry me? Yeah, I will. And that sends Jacob into, like, this calmer i guess i like he get like yeah he he's just fucking catatonic at this point so he stays in his werewolf form for a while um all that bullshit film four is the actual wedding and it's like meh i i wish my best mate will be here i mean i know i've led him on and almost fucked him in the kitchen but I wish he was here to see me on my wedding day. Is that selfish? And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of selfish. Um, That all happens. He actually does turn up on her wedding day. And quite honestly, he should have just fucking tore the vampires to pieces at that point. Right, they go on holiday. They go to a private island that the Cullens own. Because they're super rich. Did I not mention that? They're like, they're vampires. They could invest in like fucking Amazon and shit. Um, so that all happens, um, they get, for some reason they thought, hey, let's, let's get a vampire and a human woman jiggy, that'll be fun, um, so Bella can't keep down food, um, she starts throwing up and whatnot, um, then everyone's worried because she's got a half vampire baby growing in her stomach. So everyone's like, oh no, this isn't precedented. We don't know what to do. She looks extremely gaunt. Um, and obviously it's taking her blood. Like, it's draining her of blood. You li- li- you can... It's obvious it's a fucking vampire. But everyone's like, we're stumped. If if she doesn't get better, then the baby will die too. We don't know what's happening. So they start fucking getting like... Eventually, Jacob turns up and he's like, I wanted to see this for myself. And blah, blah, blah. Um, And he's like, yeah, it's a fucking bloodsucker. What did you expect? And then that obviously triggers fucking... Oh, Edward could read minds, by the way. Um, They all have some kind of bullshit power. Oh, that's why Alice could see the future. The uh, Edward's sister could see the future. Um, Anyway, so that happens. Fucking... That triggers something in Edward's head. It's like, oh, of course it drinks blood. I'm a fucking idiot. Let's give her a sippy cup of blood and see how that works. And Bella's like, mmm, that's good. Can I have some eggs, please? That all happens. Thankfully, she dies at the end of this film. So, hey, yeah, silver lining. I mean, it 
it's instantly ruined by film five, but we'll get there. Um, so yeah, basically she gives birth to a baby. Um, and their plan is to basically try and turn her before she's dead to try and make her a vampire so she can be alive with baby. That's film four, basically. It's a lot of fucking, like, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fucking and loads of stupid shit. Like, oh, I'm going to dive off this cliff or I'm getting morning sickness. Whatever. So which one are we starting on? Vampire Suck or uh, Last Vampire on Earth? Also known as The Last Vampire on Earth. What if you found out you were dying and met someone that's going to live forever? <laughs> okay then, jumping back in. Um, so for the next two, partially on my own incompetence because I forgot what films we were pushing on. It's been a little while. Um, Ty was forced to sit through Vampires Suck. <laughs> uh, and I'm giving him some element of catharsis now. And then I sat through uh, The Last Vampire on Earth, aka The Last Vampire on Earth. What if you found out you were dying and met someone that's going to live forever? Uh, so first things first, Ty, did you read the book for Vampire Suck? Or did they do a book for Vampire Suck? Like the rest of I these? I don't know. So normally, you know, you go, you have like the, the box office, the actors. Um, I didn't realise that we were doing different films, so I didn't do any of that. All I know is it was made by the same fucking hacks as all of the other like scary movie and fucking disaster movie and all that kind of shit. Which I will just say right here and now, the only good one of these films is Scary Movie 3 because it wasn't done by these two. The uh, Wayans brothers, I think. Mm-hmm. Those. <laughs> Same guys who did White Chicks. I didn't know they did White Chicks. Fucking hell, but that explains a lot. Oh, I don't know how well it did. Um, it probably did depressingly well because two dudes just depressingly well um don't know any of the names of the actors you know what? for once i'm happy neither is do <laughs> i'm very happy that we're not going to talk about them we're not going to give them any fucking light any shine these people don't deserve any of that because these are the most soulless films in existence but yeah yes so i'm basically gonna go straight into the um scene for scene <clears throat> So the scene, it opens up with, as per usual, Bella, whatever her fucking name is in the film, don't care, driving in to this new place. And immediately, oh no, it doesn't, my apologies, it starts off at the Vatican with uh, the vampire character, the Edward, whatever, um, about to, you know, disrobe and show the world. I think that was from uh, Twilight 4. Two. You know, point. I shouldn't oh, two. Know, yeah, I, I shouldn't know that really, but well, I do. Um, and she's, you know, running to try and stop them. Uh, however, things kept on getting in her way. For example, she gets into a, a fountain and then someone goes, oh, wow, speaking of spring break and shit, and then a bunch of these robe, fucking red robe Vatican goers this robe, and it turns out they're all hot chicks, and they jump in the fountain and start fucking play fighting and all that shit. She gets past them. Uh, she then fucking bitch slaps a kid um, out of her way, and then that starts a fight between two lots of 
random children. Again, none of this is funny, like, at all. Um, but yeah, and she gets past, she jumps over someone, and it's just dramatic, flying through the air, about to stop him, and some other vampire is coming in to stop her. And then, like, a fucking re record scratch-esque fucking moment where it's like, how did I get into this situation? Well, and then she starts describing backstory. So that was about five minutes. Felt like forever. So, she's driving along with her father. Uh, she's just straight up sees a vampire murder someone. Just straight out of the gate. Right. Just like, um, yeah. As she, as she and her father are driving along, she turns to her side, she sees someone get killed by a vampire. And this is a, a, a run-through of the film of how obvious vampires exist in this town. There's basically, like, a barber saying, you know, vampiric barbers. There's a fucking hobo that says, I'll drink blood for blood or some shit like that. It's very shit. It's very boring, very... They do one joke. I feel like they could have made the joke funny as if... Um, it has like the sign population forty six thousand. Um, the vampire kills someone in front of the car and then slowly walks up to the population and then changes the number, or like comes out of the forest completely covered in blood and then just subtly changes over numbers. That would have been a funny visual gag, but no, they just do that and then it's immediately left and forgotten. Well, into the house. I, I think what you have to put into perspective, like with the Chris Siever film, right? where it's made for him as an audience, and I can respect that, just making something for yourself. I've got no problem with that. This is made for morons. This is made yeah. for stupid people. And stupid people, I don't think, can put two and two together and work out that joke. I don't think they get the idea of a object permanence, generally. They don't get the idea of cause and effect. They, mm -hmm. they need it to be as simple as possible. Um, my mom, who culturally I have no respect for <laughs> at all, she, she <laughs> likes garbage. She likes white chicks. She's the only person on earth I've ever fucking seen who does. She likes um, Haunted House. She likes this shit. She likes lesbian vampire killers, which is awful. Uh, she also reads David Icke. So, yeah. That's, that's the demographic. <laughs> but okay, carry on. From the house. From the house. And respect where it's due. I know I will shit talk this all the time. There is one joke that I did find funny. One joke. As they're pulling up to the house, um, he says the usual father thing, I haven't changed it since you left. You know? And as she goes into her room, you see a crib in one corner and like a bunch of baby <laughs> toys. That's kind of funny, yeah. That, I was like, you know what? That's a funny visual gag. You know, because no, no one's expecting it, you know? No one's thinking from a somewhat throwaway line. Um, and it's a, a subversion of expectations. That's uh, funny. Um, but then for another five minutes, there, there is a reason why I'm mentioning how long these scenes are. Um, for another five minutes, uh, they make that joke again and again. With her dolls, um, with 
the fucking crib with the room. It's pointed out. It's mentioned. It completely ruins the joke by focusing on, on it. Um, then there's a terrible joke with him putting a blow-up doll in her room because she likes dolls. That's the joke. Immediately ruins any kind of humour that it originally had. But, moving on, they pop outside. Uh, they're introduced to the werewolf character. Um, they have a really boring conversation. Uh, he pisses up against the fire hydrant because, you know, werewolf. Uh, meanwhile, the two dads are just having a fight in the background. They're just having a fight. Like, it starts off with, you know, a, a nudge, a slap on the back, and then just escalates. It's as funny as I'm making it sound. Like, you might think, oh, he's not putting much effort into describing it, but no, that, that's it. It cuts back to them every now and again, and it, they're just beating the shit out of each other. That takes around five minutes again. Um, then, after that boringness, it cuts back to the, um, the school, her first day. Uh, it's something like Fang High, and the, the, the sign is a bat. Like, yeah. And she's in the cantina. Again, everyone looks like 25 years old. Um, you could make a joke out of that honestly. But no, that's just these films. Everyone looks like in their fucking late 20s, early 30s. And then the Cullens come in. Now, I want to say the introduction to side characters, I'm not going to talk about, and you'll know why in about two seconds. Um, I didn't watch the whole film. Oh, that's perfectly watched, reasonable, yeah. I watched 20 minutes of it. Oh, then you, you've lost it. 20 minutes. Yes, this is why I was mentioning how long the previous scene took. <laughs> because I hate, we were mentioning this earlier, I really fucking hate jokes that are basically, oh, this is shit, and then they do it. With no changes, no subversions, nothing. No jokes. There isn't any jokes. It's just, hey, you know this? Isn't it shit? And they showcase that by fucking doing it. And the exact point I turned off the film was when the vampires come in, they sit down, and they have the moment when they first make eye contact. And literally, the sentence beforehand is uh, something along the lines of, oh, um, all he does is stare at girls in an emotion overly dramatic sense, and then she turns her head and it happens. <laughs> I love that's and, what killed it. <laughs> and they focus in on it for like two fucking minutes. She turns her head away. They make another joke about it, right? Like, I think it just happened with me. And she goes, are you sure? And then she turns back and they have another one of these moments. Again, and it goes on for a couple of minutes, and I was just like, because everything before then had been that, had been the exact same build-up and punchline, but no punchline, and I just foresaw, because the, the film is like two hours long. Jesus Christ. And I looked at the timer, 
right? I looked at the timer <laughs> and just foresaw the rest, like the next hour and a half of my life. <laughs> uh... I said to myself, I would rather do anything else. I was I was going to apologize to you. I was going to uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, apologize oh. that I just couldn't do it. I think you might hit um, me now. <laughs> <laughs> He's starting to uh, see why Steph quit. <laughs> I was literally I was just like, you know what? I would take my lashings, I would take whatever, I will watch bad films. But this film made me angry. More so than any other film we've done, because any other film we've done, or any other bad film that you can think of, they always do badly because they're bad, you know? Like, or even if they've done quite well, there's always a little bit, or there's always a little something there, you know, that I could talk about. It's, it's sheer incompetence, at least. Sheer incompetence, yeah. Like, Bloodfart Lake, fucking Taint Light. I can talk about the passion behind it, you know, even if it was painted by badness. <laughs> But this film was just everything I despise in not only like making some of art, but just comedy as well, which is something I, you know, aspire to be. It just made me angry because I knew without even looking up at it that it did well. That uh, it made money. Yeah. Because more were made afterwards. It did. You know? Um the ones beforehand were successful. I just felt disgusted by the film and I've never been so fucking pissed off at a film no, it's it's the, the real encapsulation of a commercial product of the lowest lowest fucking point lowest common denominator it, it's just so bad you know what I could, Soulless. I, could take, I could take a lowest common denominator because I quite like the Marvel films for example and they, they are cookie cutter, lowest common denominator. Because I can find something I like. You know, some of the actors are good, some of the it looks good, you know, like I can I can take a little bit from it. I can, you know, they you know, like for example, all of the Marvel films, they're all connected. So I they like I can see references to previous films that they've done and they've interweaved it into the story. This referential is just hey, you know this? It's shit, right? Yeah. What ha- what wouldn't it be funny if we did it after, you know, we're meta. We know we're in a shit film. Just reeks of lack of effort. And just... You know the funny thing, though? I think we both could have not watched it um, ever, and we could have given the same review. Like, point <laughs> for point. I could pretend we watched it. We could have just, yeah, gone through it bit by bit. Because these are the same fucking films every time. Now... What I'm going to do right now is I'm going to guess a couple of things, a couple of jokes from this film, right? A couple of points. And I want to know if anyone who's listening to this, if you've watched it, to see if I'm right or not. And they might be a little vague, but I'm going to say that all of the vampires, regardless of what, evil or good, they're going to be extremely over flamboyant and dramatic. The evil ones are... Oh, and a lot of shirts being taken off. For no reason. Uh, I'm going to imagine that the bad guys are going to be really fucking stupid. Like, that's their characters. Uh, I'm going to guess that the proper evil ones 
are going to be like moustache twirlingly evil, like they murder a child at one point, like in front of camera. And that's uh, going to be played off for laughs. Yeah. Um, I'm going to guess some kind of fountain of blood, like a vending machine. Um, they're going to take the piss out of true blood at one point. You know, the TV series. Yeah, okay, I'll, I'll push on this. I think there's going to be a scene like in fucking Taint Light where, um, where he proves he's a vampire and physically assaults her by, I don't know, grabbing her, racing her through, and she hits a load of tree branches. She hits her head I on a load think, of shit. Yes, but at the same time, like, he accidentally over-breaks her arm. You know, like, there's bones sticking out at one point. Like, he goes to throw her and accidentally rips her arm off or something like that. And then she's just going to be smiling all the way through it. Yeah. I'm going to guess that the sparkling scene is going to basically be exactly the same as in Twilight. Uh, but just someone goes, he looks gay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, something. I reckon he's going to come out all sparkling, right? And she's going to be on a suntan bed. With like one of those fucking mirror visors getting tanned off the prick. That's I know that's incredibly fucking specific. <laughs> but that's what I'm gonna put money on for that. And she's gonna have everyone's gonna have sunglasses around him. And I'm gonna bet that the black character is gonna be incredibly racist. Yeah. It's a weird thing in the Wayne brothers, they are black. But it seems like almost every black character in their films. It is directed on. Can you do that like a white person trying to play a black person? Oh yeah, and uh, just to make you really sad, if you were curious, it was done on a budget of twenty million, and it had a box office of eighty million. Yeah, film struggling nowadays. Indie cinema. There's an indie cinema near me, the Lighthouse, that shut down, and I'm very very sad about that, because it showed some really great films that made very little money, and Vampires Suck made quite a lot of money. And to get that bad taste out of my mouth, we're going to go on to something still made with no passion, but at least done by fucking idiots. Well, <laughs> actually, okay, just done incredibly incompetently <laughs> on every aspect. Not trying to be funny either. There's nothing worse than a bad comedy, and there's nothing worse than a bad spoof comedy. They are just abysmally bad. It's probably reviewing them as well. Things like um, Scary Movie. Because there's only so many times you can say it's just it's just not funny. It's just not yeah. funny. It's just there's not only, funny. There's only there's uh, there's only so many ways you can make something funny from something that's absolutely uncharacterized. Like just gives you nothing. I think there's a a good reason that any of the so bad they're good films uh, tend to be dramas or horrors. You don't get many comedies so bad they're goods. In fact, I can't think of a single fucking wall off the top of my head. No, you, you have ones that become comedy because they're so bad. Because they're trying to be serious. But anyone who says, like, oh, comedy is subjective, fuck off. There's very obvious formulas with comedy. <laughs> There's a great thing said, I think, by Louis C.K., the American comedian, who said, what makes you laugh is subjective. Comedy's very objective. Comedy has rules. Yeah. But, I mean, fuck. 
I know. I'm in the. Uh, I'm in the minority. We're both in the minority. The fucking Minions movie made a billion. Illumination continues to pile out garbage that makes shitloads of money, and people laugh their heads off to Minions. And this shit, Vampire Suck, made money. There are vampire films out there, great films that lost money at the box office. Near Dark, incredibly good film by Catherine Bigelow, lost money. And shit like this still propels itself onwards. I do love, by the way, that I know for a fact, I've listened through to it and he's very ranty. So there's just going to be parts of Steph talking about different Twilight films for all of this, getting angrier and angrier, which is going to work. <laughs> just insert. Just ranting about Twilight. Yeah. It's 20 minutes of it, like all seven films, because he, uh, I know he says this himself, but basically he went um, with his sister for the marathon of all of them at once. Oh, Christ. (laughs) Which is why he refused to ever do any of this shit. Oh, poor bastard. Right, so you finish it off for the last, like, half an hour. How much time we got? Because I don't want this to exceed three hours. As I said, I'm going to fucking drink myself to death before then. Film five. <clears throat> God, I fucking hate. I hate you for this. Film five. The Voltieri has caught wind of fucking half vampire baby, and they're like, "This is a breach of our rules, or something." Um, we're gonna look for witnesses and then turn up at the Cullen's house and fucking kill them all. Yeah. So the Collins are like, oh shit, let's get our own witnesses and people that will hopefully fight for us because they can see that this is actually a vampire baby and not human and... Uh, yeah. So that all happens. Um, Alice disappears at this point with her fella. can't remember his name. Jasper? Jasper, he's probably the coolest one in this fucking story. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, why is why is there a Google thing saying how did Ella, uh, Edward get Bella pregnant? He came inside of how the fuck else do you think it? Oh, forget it. So all that happened. Um, they start getting witnesses and on either side, and fucking the Voltieri is eventually gonna turn up. This is terrifying everyone, but Bella's got a power that can possibly fucking negate everyone's power, because, yeah, fucking deus ex machina bullshit. So, Bella kind of fucking is there, I guess. Alice turns up when everyone's just about to start fucking kicking each other's asses to ruin everything. Um, There is an extended, like, yeah, everyone's gonna die um kind of fight scene maybe it's like a mutually assured destruction sort of shit, bullshit and then it's like instantly flashback to uh Alice Edward's sister kind of holding the main Voltieri's hand Alice is holding hands cuz apparently that guy can read minds but only on a touch so he sees all this and he's like well I don't want to die so let's leave these guys alone and we can attack on another day maybe. And then Edward and the Cullens are like, yay, we did everything we wanted to and we didn't have to fight and lose anyone. And yay, the wolf pack are with us because Jacob's our friend now and he's imprinted on our baby girl. Yeah, that's why I mean he's a paedophile. 
Um, he basically wants to fuck a three-year-old. Well, sorry, she's not three. She's just recently been born, but they get through it by going, oh, she ages very quickly. It's been like three weeks and she's already like seven years old. <laughs> He's a pedo. Um, anyway, yeah, all that happens. Um, and then, yeah, it's kind of like happily ever after and thank God there isn't a sixth film. You're welcome. That's my degradation of myself to talk about the Twilight films. Titter. The Last Vampire on Earth. I uh, kind of broke a rule for this one. So I said in past, I'm not generally going to do anything that a Mystery Science Theater 3000 has covered in past, Red Letter Media has covered in past, or the Nostalgia Critics covered in past. It's just been done, as far as I'm concerned. This one was done by Red Letter Media, but I'm breaking the rule for this because fuck me, it's hilarious. <laughs> and it, it needs, oh, just this plot. It's beautiful. Um, so cast and crew-wise, we've got director Vitaly Versace Jr., who's a madman from Russia. Um, he's also done Aladdin, uh, a knockoff version of Aladdin, a film called Born into Mafia, which is terrible, and the Taekwondo kid. He's insane. Nice enough guy, to be fair, and wanted to try to get Red Letter Media to do the um, voiceovers for this film. I can't be too angry at him. Uh, written by Mardi L. Abram, also known as Vitaly Versace's fucking pen name. So get, get this right. He, he wanted to do based off a book on the film, so he wrote the book, which I've got with me. It cost me about 15 quid. It's 100 pages long. It's got about size 16 font. <laughs> it's got pictures that take up half the fucking thing. Pictures of the set. Like taken of people on the set while they were filming, and then put in black and white to make it look like a drawing. It's stunning levels of incompetence. Absolute amazing levels of incompetence. Uh, Cast-wise, we've got Mackenzie Grimmett, uh, Chloe, who's... Um, I've showed Ty just a little bit of this before we started. <laughs> Monologue yeah. that she gets. Really turned the knife <laughs> on the differences. Really much you appreciate Tank Light, doesn't it? <laughs> no, yeah, that's that's why I gave it such praise at the beginning. <laughs> the dog shit that I watched after it. Uh, Kenzie Grimmett, who's been in nothing since. Surprising, that literally nothing. There is nothing I could find of her. I tried to track down like her Facebook, see if she's been in theatre shit. Because occasionally that's the case, like with Alice. But no, she has been in nothing. And uh, Michael Boll, who plays Aurelius, who, and this is very mean, but Red Lavinia just called him Shrek all the way through. He's not a good-looking individual. I'm sorry. I mean, he's meant to be Edward Cullen. If it was any other role he was shoved into, I wouldn't mention his looks. I'm sorry, man. Uh, He also did all the driving, by the way. He was just the transport for Last Vampire on Earth. And looking up some interviews with Vitaly Versace, um, when asked what the best trait of Michael Boll is, um, it's that he turned up on time for his shoot, which I think says all it needs to be said. Punctual, <laughs> yes. Was, uh... <laughs> which he's had problems with before in past, apparently. Like people who didn't fucking bother turning back up. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's a good trait to have. Uh, he's done like four films ever. I, I usually, I usually pick and choose, but these are literally all he's done. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, Warning Apocalypse, twenty twenty, uh, twenty twelve. Sorry, 
uh, Utoa Island and did transport for a couple of things. He directed a couple of those as well. He's not done anything since or during a budget box office. I can't believe this. I honestly, I partially don't believe this. Uh, box office estimated zero. But if this fucking thing wasn't released, I think me and fucking Red Letter Media are the only ones who owns copies of this shit. Uh, budget $250,000, which is the budget of about 250,000 uh, Chris Siever films, for reference. <laughs> okay. And I did less with it. So first things first. This is why I want to interview Chris Siever. Because I've got this weird, <laughs> weird mix of respect. <laughs> I'll be brief with this because honestly, I don't want to spoil it. And I recommend just anyone watch this. This is going to be my recommendation at the end of everything when we do the whole films like and shit. Just watch The Last Vampire on Earth. It's on YouTube, or you can get a DVD copy, which I've ordered. Just watch this shit. So I'm, I'm going to be kind of brief and go over. And for the the scenes you saw, and you had fun with the fucking things. Mm. be drunk though be very very drunk and have friends while you're watching this shit and I've got a stomach for it because I've, I've got nothing else to do with my time so I'll watch this shit by myself occasionally so a few problems though that you get with the film right so the music in it I swear to fuck was using a game called Enderal which is a mod for Skyrim I am so certain <laughs> and it's, it's recurring all the way through Begins with a uh, quote as well and all that fun stuff in narration because all of these things have to. And credits are above a, a like a shitty blood montage, like actual uh, hemoglobin just bopping around. And crappy indie, indie genuine Christian rock from the 2000s. <laughs> oh, it's just staggering. Um, sound mixing is dreadful. But to the point where you can't hear the dialogue sometimes. I'm a bit sour on this point. I went to go see one of my favourite artists ever the other day, Carly Rae Jepsen, and I couldn't hear her because the fucking venue hadn't sound mixed it right. Still annoyed about that shit. Literally, it was like karaoke with Carly. I got to look at her, which I'm not going to fucking complain about. Couldn't hear a word from it and got confetti fucking everywhere. I paid 35 quid to watch someone walk on a stage. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But it, no offense to you, but I'm happy I missed it now. <laughs> sound mixing's the worst I've ever heard in any film. Fucking ever, you literally can't hear some of these words. Uh, and otherwise, I mean, it's trying to basically mirror Twilight, but it's got this weird Dracula play motif. Um, the family of Jehovah's Witness, they have food after ch- going to church each time, but it's KFC for some reason. Like every, you're expecting some kind of home cooked meal, but every time they eat, they eat nothing but KFC, and it's not like in the box. It's not in the um, you know, the bucket and shit. They've put it in their own crockery to pretend they cooked it. <laughs> they do this like twice, and KFC right. There's, there's a scene towards the end where they find out that Aurelius is a vampire, and they find out he's a vampire because the little kid goes up to the parents and said, "Oh, he said he was a vampire," and they say, "No, no, he's just in a vampire play." And he said, but he wouldn't eat the food. And they went, he didn't eat the food. He must be a vampire. Because clearly, if you don't like KFC, you're a fucking vampire, apparently. No normal person could sick out KFC for no reason, shape or form. Fuck me. He didn't want to eat our shitty home cooking, so he must be a vampire. <laughs> it's just, yeah. And then, I mean, the, the twist on it, 
said before, it's Bella from Twilight, but Twist, she has AIDS and is the worst actress who's ever lived. She's got a pronunciation that takes effort to achieve. You genuinely would have to try to mix the words around to manage this stylization. From the scenes you showed me, it does sound like she's got some form of speech impediment. I'm going to feel mean if she does now. You know the people who've taken the piss out of Bruce Willis, like recent stuff, and then it was, oh, he's got dementia. Shit. We need to stop now. If she genuinely does have something, I'm going to feel real mean, but she is really fucking abysmal. Oh, and um, my favourite line, and I'm just going to end on this because I want people to see it. I don't want to ruin everything. Uh, There's a part in it where she finds out Aurelius is a vampire and asks him, how old are you? He says, 2048. And she responds with, and I quote, that's quite old. Did you meet Jesus? And he says, yes, it was okay. (laughs) Honestly, though, honestly, though, that's a good question to ask. Yeah, but it's just... (laughs) Oh, it's so out there. Oh, they also throw around a football, like, in the fucking room, because every shit film needs, like, a scene where you just throw footballs between each other. Um, Yeah, Red Light Media has covered it, so I'm not going to go into it in too much detail anyway. But it's it's incredible. In a so bad it's good way. It's one of the best ones I've seen recently by fucking miles. Um, first like 50 minutes are difficult to get through, but watch it. Take on, watch it. It's on YouTube. You can just Google it. Last Vampire on Earth. That's that's just my recommendation, Eric. Right? Yeah, I wish I did. <laughs> well, I mean, one of us has to watch Vampire Suck. No. No, we did really didn't. And I didn't even watch it. I watched 20 minutes of it and I'm still fucking butthurt. Okay, so um, Twilight knockoffs. I don't really know how to put a conclusion around all this. I've got no, no it's, idea. Um, it's a little obvious which ones we'd recommend and which not. Most of them we don't. Oh, I've, I've got this secret growing love. <laughs> What's his face? Chris Seaver, who I know more yeah. about than I know most other directors at this point. <laughs> I've got more respect for the man who had the word faggot in his uh, films like 800 times than I do any of this. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not that we'd recommend it. Well, not that I fucking would. Yeah, I like the guy. I'm not watching his stuff there. Cut to us, like. That is I'm not a fucking. Watching the rest of his film. I'm not. I'm not doing a fucking joke. I'm not doing the jokes. I just fucking decried. I'm not going on. Oh no, I'd never do that. No, 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 sorry, I would never do that. And then start reviewing all his fucking shit. I'm not doing that. I could safely say I'll be pushing for it. But yeah, Jesus, this was painful. This was pointless. There's no real lesson to learn except we wasted a lot of our time. And whoever was listening wasted a lot of their time going through all this. <laughs> because we let's be honest, we all fucking knew what the conclusion was going to be for all of these. We all knew that neither of us were going to like Fallen from 2016. We both knew we weren't going to like Vampire Suck <laughs> or Take Light. When you showed me, when you showed me the trailer for Fallen, <laughs> watching it just, why? I don't know. Honestly, I have no idea. We all know what the conclusion was going to be. This was a waste of time. Miserable for everyone. (laughs) And I I hate myself. I will admit, I am less annoyed or angry or whatever 
about the time I wasted with Paint Light and Fallen than I am about the 20 or so minutes that I lost with Vampire Suck. Genuinely. <sighs> I got some enjoyment with taking the piss out of Fallen as I was watching it. I got two... I got one laugh and one smile from Paint Light. I think everyone should watch Chris Seaver film at some point. Just to appreciate appreciate what true passion passion that's completely unfiltered by anything else passion in its yeah. most pure form everyone Pursue should watch at least your one dreams regardless of how trash you are <laughs> fucking inspirational truly truly inspirational you can watch it and go this was made by human beings anything i do in my life will be drastically better you know what? On a message, I think we're going to finish there. Yeah. Chris Seaver is a personal hero. God bless you, sir. I really, I really want to talk to the guy. Just to see where he is now. Uh, on that note, cheers for listening. Next week, uh, we're doing something a lot more artistically prevalent. <laughs> oh, God. We're going back in time. I've got uh, Ronya jumping on who did a lot of the Resident Evil stuff back in the day to do some German shit. Uh, I don't. I like to, to keep this off from Ty. It's, it's, it's always a nice surprise. Actually, you know what I'm just going to say now. Um, 1921, the Cabinet of Dr. Kalmari. I mean, way, way back. First uh, horror surrealism. Ooh. Yeah, different. Uh, on YouTube for free, because it's technically in public domain now. It's been 100 Ooh. years. It's rocketed out. Uh, should actually be good. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the palate cleanser. Honest to fuck. But yeah, that's all from me. Um, cheers for listening and God bless you, Chris Seaver. <laughs>